It is my fault, and I feel bad now. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, March 7, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 493. This is No Agenda. Welcoming a million new people to town. Coming to you from Tra- Travis Heights Hideout here at the intersection of MoFo and SoCo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where... Hey, what happened to my filibuster? I'm John C. DeVore. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Uh, you didn't actually watch that, did you? Yeah. Really? You watched the whole filibuster? No. Oh, you don't watch the whole thing. You go in and out. Yeah. So I'm just talking now. You go back and forth. Well, and back. I do have the best clip of the filibuster. Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Um, all right. What is it? Paul ends filibuster. <laughs> situation that we will obey the Constitution, that the Fifth Amendment does apply to all Americans, and there aren't exceptions. But I thank you very much for the forbearance, and I yield the floor. Mr. President. Senator from Illinois. <laughs> there will be order. Expression. <laughs> now. There will be order. Expressions of approval or disapproval are not permitted in the Senate. <laughs> Right. All right. Okay. Now, we have many uh, European, Euroland, Asian, uh, Middle Eastern, uh, Australian, Asia Pacific, uh, Oceania uh, listeners. And I think this needs a few. I think it needs some explanation. What exactly happened here? And then I, of course, have a a take on this. Um, What is the uh, so I'll I'll explain the, the reason why it happened. I think you need to explain the filibuster itself. Um, so uh, Rand Paul had sent a letter to Eric Holder, our highest uh, judicial um, official in the land, I guess in the uh, in government, because above that, of course, is the Supreme Court. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, I have the actual letter here uh, and his and Holder's response. Uh, is it legal um, under the con- is it constitutionally legal for um, an American to be droned on American soil? If he's uh, not posing an imminent threat, i.e., if he's not like you know holding a hand grenade uh, about to chuck it towards uh, the White House, and the answer that came back was um, not entirely clear enough. So Senator Paul then, in order to stop the um, uh, confirmation of John O. Brennan as CIA director, uh, which I think that in by itself is a good thing because John Brennan is the devil and once he gets his hands in on the cia we're all in big trouble but in order to stop that confirmation process uh rand paul started the filibuster maybe you can explain what this is john well well filibuster is a a senate a senator getting hold of the floor uh, under the circumstances where he can't be stopped from talking and as long as he stays standing up uh and uh keeps talking he can just stay on the floor as long as he wants so he began and which means he's just holding the senate hostage right uh so he started yakking away and he, i think he went on for about 12 hours uh with some help because other people would come in now you can was, tag team right you can you can a ta- little bit yeah you can you can actually tag team in and out if you can get some guy to get the floor i think he has to be on the other party because i think does he have to have the same uh, wrestling mask and whatever the case is, that he would, could only sustain this, and then he quit right. after twelve hours, and he, and it made it. It was kind of like an event, but the joke is, of course, that this was the Senate. Nobody was there anyway, uh, because it was a snow day in 
Washington, so they uh-huh. all took off. Right. And so he and and it wasn't the the day of the vote. I th- I think they were actually I take it back. My understanding is they may have tried to ramrod the vote through the approval with the, with a small number of people there, mm-hmm. and so he took over the whole thing until they. Sh- you know, he quit, and then they closed the session, which will reopen, I guess, on Monday. Well, I th- I um, I have a uh, a take on this. It's actually a protest move. It is it's a protest been done move. Done before. Yes. Yeah. It used to be very very popular in the in the eighteen hundreds to do this. In fact, to the point where the House of Representatives banned banned the practice in eighteen forty. So um, uh, the way the mainstream media picked up on this, I I. I, I I'm not sure if it was completely by surprise or not. I, I loved how um, how it was being downplayed, but I think on purpose. Uh, here's uh, Miss Burnett. Uh, some call her Aaron Burnett, but we like to call her Burnett here in uh, in Texas. And she decided to uh, really downplay uh, what the whole thing was about, which of course is about droning American citizens on American soil. Uh, and she decided to bring in the celebrity and. Uh, piss angle. Out front, starting at the top of the hour, on a wild situation happening wild. right now in the U.S. Senate. Aaron, what do you... It's wild. It's, wild. it's never happened before. It's wild. Uh, seven hours, and I think we're five or six minutes now, Kate and Wolf. Pretty incredible that Rand Paul has been filibustering uh, the nomination for the new CIA chief. And he's been doing it for a very serious reason. He says that this administration has not categorically said it will not use drones to kill Americans on American soil. Uh, but one thing that's interesting about this is seven hours and five minutes and counting, and Rand Paul has not taken a bathroom break. Woo! Yes, I know that yes. these things seem small, but that to me seemed to be a pretty significant part of the story. He has had- That's a big part of the story, John. This is a very, very big part of the story. Uh, some real, uh, he's been he's been sticking with it today. So he is scheduled to be our guest at the top of the hour. Now, how can we distract people even more from the conversation uh, besides talking about uh, urine? We'll see if he will come out from that filibuster and talk to us. And also in tonight's essay, we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift oh, yes. versus yes. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Perfect. Now that's what I call oh, news. more Taylor Swift <laughs> That's what I call fantastic. That's how you do it. First you talk about urination and and then you bring in some celebrities. Fantastic. So, of course, I, I you know, and I see this happening, and I'm, I'm listening to a lot of the uh, statements that are being made. And uh, well, actually, here is kind of a rundown uh, uh, that talks about the letter which uh, from Eric Holder, which apparently prompted. Uh, this uh, this filibuster. This is Brolf uh, talking to Brolf uh, Brolf Witzer there on the CNNs talking to his uh, experts uh, about this uh, particular situation. Quick, uh, hold on for a second, uh, Chris, uh, because I want to bring Jeffrey Tubin into this conversation. Uh, Jeff, uh, if it's uh, okay, if it's legal for a U.S. drone to uh, kill an American citizen on foreign soil, whether in Yemen or Somalia or Afghanistan, someplace else, what's the difference between you using a U.S. drone to target an assassination of an American citizen on U.S. soil? Well, it it is a different situation. The federal government has more limited powers under the Constitution within the United States, but it still has a lot of powers here. And if you had a national security situation um, with that with with tremendous urgency along the lines of Pearl Harbor or 9-11, you could see a situation where the drone, like a fighter plane, like a, a very powerful gun, could be used in the United States. Now, this is very interesting to me uh, because the one thing that no one is discussing is posse comitatus. 
This I have not heard the phrase. I didn't hear it any at any time during the filibuster because that is essentially if you read the the holder letter, uh, and these guys will will get to it in this little uh, back and forth. Uh, he specifically states the question you have posed is entirely hypothetical, unlikely to occur, and one we hope no president will ever have to confront. It is possible, I suppose, to imagine an ex- extraordinary circumstance in which it would be necessary and appropriate under the Constitution and applicable laws of the United States for the president to authorize the military to use lethal force within the territory of the United States. That, to me, is the key of this conversation, and I think Rand Paul is either misguided or perhaps he is uh, purposely misguiding everyone's attention to the drones, where we're really talking about using military force boots on the ground in the U.S. to kill someone. Now, whether that's a drone in the sky or whether that's uh, an actual uh, uniformed um, uh, Marine or some other uh, uh, armed forces personnel, we have very specific laws about that. Is posse comitatus, is that that is an act that is not necessarily part of the Constitution? What part of the Constitution, John, you as a constitutional scholar, would prohibit lethal force by the military within the territory of the United States. I think it's in there somewhere. I don't have the Constitution in front of me. You, what? Well, I, I, I don't have the Constitution in front of me, but it's obvious well, I that have you can't it. Use the, our military cannot be used as a police force in the United States. It's not. It's, there would be a national government. It's not the way the thing works. Well, the president, here it says, for That's example. The National Guard is for, by the way. Ah, well, here it is. For example, in his letter, he says, the president could conceivably have no choice but to authorize the military to use such force, if necessary, to protect the homeland in the circumstances of a catastrophic attack like the one suffered on December 7th, 1941, and September 11th, 2001. So what the Attorney General is saying is that there are circumstances where the President could authorize military force in the homeland. But you're saying that is constitutionally incorrect. That uh, the structure is set up so the National Guard mm-hmm. is the operation that 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 works with inside the the borders, and I think over the years, and I think what's been overlooked here, and and you may be overlooking, and I think everyone's kind of assuming that the National Guard, ever since they've been appropriated by George Bush to go fight overseas. It's assumed, I think, that the National Guard is part of the is part of the military complex in the same way that the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines are Where, when they're not. So this is indeed I think this is just a whole redefinition of the yes. way the whole structure of the country works. Well, there was, I'm glad you used that word because coming through on the Federal Register, I've held it now for three shows. This was February 28, 2013. Um, there was a proposed change in the definition of contingency operation. And I didn't quite know what to do with it, and now I think I do. Uh, DOD, GSA, and NASA are publishing an interim rule amending the FAR to revise the definition of contingency operation in accordance with the statutory change to the definition made by Uh, Paragraph B, Section 515 of the National Defense Authorization Act 2012. 
enacted December 31st, the definition of contingency operation was embedded by adding, and now it comes a whole bunch of legal mumbo-bumbo-jumbo, blah, 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 entitled Authority to Order Army Reserve, Navy Reserve, Marine Corps Reserve, and Air Force Reserve to active duty to provide assistance in response to a major disaster or emergency amends Chapter 1209 of Title 10 by incorporating new provisions providing for treatment of an operation as a contingency operation when the Secretary of Defense activates reserves under the terms in response to a governor's request for federal assistance in response to a major disaster or emergency declared by the president. And we've we've looked at these at this organization, the the Club of Governors that all of us remember that that legislation came together. There was like this governors club that the president put together. Yeah. So, so here it is. You are absolutely right. We now have a change in definition that a governor can say, "Up, oh, pres, we got an emergency here, bring in the troops." And then all these reserves can be turned to active personnel on U.S. soil, therefore completely legal. And, of course, if it's the Air Force, then you can be droned. So it seems like kind of a setup. And to me, I think Rand Paul is only in it um, to distract. I think he's posturing. Well, I think he's the, the whole thing. If he had gone for the record... Like like an American would do in a competitive world, uh, instead of bailing out at twelve thirty uh, <laughs> at night, or right, whatever. It was. Right, right, right. Uh, I would have had a little more respect for this filibuster, but instead he, uh, you know, claimed he had to take his crap or something. Pee, he had to pee. He'd go on Aaron Burnett's show. Well, he had already supposedly peed, according to all the experts, because he'd given <laughs> the floor over to one guy, and that's when he went. Yeah, yeah, and then he ran ran out. And by the way, every time he kind of went off camera, he seemed to have been going to his nose a lot. Oh, really? You think he was on the dust? Well, I mean, mm. it's just like it was a mm. Even JC noticed that he says, you know, oh, this is like I, what, he, all of a sudden he'd come back and then he'd be, he'd be sniffing. Because, I had a right. Oh, wow. I had him I'll, I'll have away. a. You know who, you know who, who can and spot. And he talked a lot faster for <laughs> You know who can spot this a mile away is Ms. Mickey. She's yeah, coming well, from she the Amsterdam the nightlife. Spotted it. I'll ask her. Now, the, the thing that got me, John, is on C SPAN th- uh, 3, while this was taking place on C SPAN 2, the attorney general was factually being questioned about this very issue, and he said, although it took three minutes, he said, no, there is no constitutional reason that this could ever happen. And it was, I mean, this, this is like only a couple uh, hours into this whole bullcrap thing that Rand Paul was doing. The answer was on the other C-SPAN. Uh, you want to hear it? I mean, he, he. Yeah, no, I, they, they, that was brought up on the floor by, uh, I think Ted Cruz, who was very. Yeah, well, Ted, Ted, Ted Cruz is is asking the questions. Well, that's funny because Ted Cruz then comes waltzing into the Senate, and he tells this whole story about what the clip you're going to play. Ted Cruz discussed in great detail. Should we hear what Ted Cruz said first, or do you have that or not? No, I don't. I didn't bother because I, I, so, I so, had a lot of these clips. You know, these clips are all boring because the, one of the problems, especially with Cruz and these other guys, since it was a filibuster, they all talked like, like this. Yeah. So what, what was the what was the essence? 
What was the essence of what Cruz said? The essence was he asked him a question. He says it's not appropriate. He asked him a question. says not appropriate. He wouldn't answer the question. Oh, wow. And then he said, then he says, finally, the fourth time we asked him, he said, no, finally. Well, I guess we don't have to play the clip then because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, he discussed it in detail. So then, but then. But I'd like to hear it. I didn't hear it. All I heard was him telling us. The top of the drones. In your response to Senator Paul yesterday, you suggested there may well be circumstances in which it is permissible to use drones to target a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil. I'd like to explore those those circumstances, and in particular, you pointed to two. You pointed to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, both of which were extreme military attacks on the homeland. Mm -hmm. I want to ask a more specific question. If an individual is sitting quietly at a cafe in the United States, in your legal judgment, does the Constitution allow a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil to be killed by a drone? (laughs) For sitting in a cafe and having a cup of coffee? If that individual is not... I love how he's such an a-hole, because he understands the question very well. But like most lawyers I know, he has to... He has to, and and by the way, unfortunately, as a government legislation analyst, I start to do this myself. And when my wife asks me something, I'll be so specific. I'll be like, "But you said specifically this." And oh, that's real pleasant at home. It's not pleasant, but I can't help it anymore because I'm trying to understand what people are saying, and and I've, I've trained myself to become an a hole like this holder, posing an imminent and immediate threat of death or bodily harm. Does the Constitution allow a drone to kill that individual? On the basis of what you said, I don't think you can arrest that person. Right. Uh, the person is suspected to be a terrorist. You have abundant evidence he's a terrorist. He's involved in terrorist plots. But at the moment, <laughs> okay, I see he's that. not pointing a bazooka. <laughs> I, okay, I get it now. Now I understand. Pentagon. He is sitting in a cafe overseas. The United States government uses drones to take out individuals when they are walking down a pathway when they're sitting at a cafe. If they're, if the which of course is cruel. I mean that that's just a given. Everyone's okay with that. If a U.S. citizen yeah. on U.S. soil, <laughs> it's like, yeah, how's that coffee, mofo? Incoming. Is not posing an immediate threat to life or bodily harm. Does the Constitution allow a drone to kill that citizen? I would not think that that would be an appropriate use of uh, any kind of lethal force. We would deal with that in the way that uh, we typically deal with a situation like that. We would expect with law- respect, General Holder, my, my question wasn't about appropriateness or, or prosecutorial discretion. It, it was a simple legal question. Does the Constitution allow a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil who doesn't pose an imminent threat to be killed by the U.S. government. I do not believe that. Again, you have to you have to look at all of the facts. But on the facts that you have given me, and this is a hypothetical, uh, I would not think that in that situation the use of a, a drone or, or lethal force would be appropriate because the possibility. General Holder, I, I have to tell you, I find it remarkable that in that hypothetical, which is deliberately very simple, you are unable to give a simple one-word, one-syllable answer: <laughs> no. I think it is unequivocal that if the U.S. government were to use a drone to take the life of a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil and that individual did not pose an imminent threat, that that would be a deprivation of life without... Well, let me. I've not been clear. I said that the use of lethal force, and I'm not. I'm saying drones, guns, or or whatever else would not be appropriate in that circumstance. You keep saying appropriate. My question isn't about propriety. 
My question is about whether something is constitutional or not. As Attorney General, you are the chief legal officer of the United States. Do you have a legal judgment on whether it would be constitutional to kill a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil in those circumstances? I think that this is the first time he's really asked the question properly. A person who is not engaged, as you've described, this is the problem with hypotheticals, but as the the way in which you have described this person sitting at the cafe, not doing anything uh, imminently, the use of lethal force would not be appropriate, would not be something... <laughs> I, I find it remarkable that you still will not give an opinion on the constitutionality. Let me move on to the next topic well, because we, translate we've my gone appro- round and round. Let me be clear. Translate my appropriate to no. I thought I was saying no. All right? No. Yeah, no. No. Oh, there well, it is. Well, then I am glad. After, after much... <laughs> Uh, gymnastics, I am very glad to hear that it is the opinion of the Department of Justice that it would be unconstitutional to kill a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil if that individual did not pose an imminent threat. That statement has not been easily forthcoming. I wish you had given that statement in response to Senator Paul's letter asking you it. And I will point out that this week I will be introducing legislation in the Senate to make clear that the U.S. government cannot kill a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil absent an imminent threat. And I hope, based on that representation, that the department will support that legislation. Well, that's totally consistent with the letter that I sent to uh, Senator Paul. I talked about 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Those are the instances where I said it might possibly be considered, but that other than that, we would look at we would use our normal law enforcement authorities uh, in order to resolve situations along those lines, and then use the normal things that you do when you try to decide if cops can shoot somebody. General Holler, I'd like to yeah, which is a lie because that's not in his letter. But you know, so this really this could have stopped this whole grandstanding very early on because there is the answer. I mean, he said he he gave the answer, and I'm telling you. Uh, Rand Paul is grandstanding, and I believe that the you know the, the uh, Petraeus is now being uh, 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 railroaded again for the torture um, you know torture uh, teams over there in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and he's you know he's uh, they call him P four by the way. I'm getting uh, messages from our insiders. P four is the code name for Petraeus, and um, he's being railroaded. And I think that this is already they're working on 2016. We need to get Petraeus out of the way, and it is my belief Rand Paul will be the VP with Jeb Bush. He's setting himself up for this. And and I think a lot of people, particularly in the so-called liberty movement, what you might call it, you're being duped by this guy. This guy is uh, is full of crap. I'm sorry. He's just, uh, you know, what we need to determine. Can I put that in the red book? Please do. Please do. Jeb Bush and Ron Paul. Rand. Rand Paul. I mean, yeah, Rand, yeah. Rand, Ron. And and this whole drone thing, which, of course, we've been talking about for years, um, is now being used. It's 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 being misused, and, there, and it, all attention is being focused on the drone. Well, really what we're talking about is illegal uh, search uh, from the skies. You know, what is the legality of your privacy? This is really about privacy and uh, and the Fourth Amendment than anything else, but you're being distracted. And then, of course, we heard, uh, oh, the Alitalia pilot saw a drone. He saw a drone coming in. You heard about this? No, tell me. Oh, so it was every, you Google it. It's like Alitalia sees drone on final into JFK. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, right, the airline, yeah. Right. Supposedly there was a little drone flying around. Well, this is the point. Missed if, it by 200 feet? If you If you read the... Um, if you read the news, the headlines, 
And if you listen to the headlines, oh, drone, 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 you're thinking like, oh, there's a fucking predator flying around. But, of course, I went and I got the actual uh, air traffic control tapes, and I'd like to uh, uh, propose that this was something else, if it was anything at all. Uh, 180 knots, uh, radio signal. Alpha, you secure uniform heavy. Maintain 180 knots for another three miles, please, in table. Okay, I'm just going to go to uh, Kennedy Tower, we just saw a little drone uh, below us. And we just saw a little drone, like I saw a flying pizza. I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, we saw a drone, a drone aircraft. I'm oh, sorry, uh, secure uniform heavy, roger, uh, what else did you see that aircraft? Uh, about 1,500. Now, before I continue, if you have a Predator drone at 1,500 feet, you're noticing this. This is, you know, this is like, this is... It would be like a Cessna times three. And you'd be like, holy crap. You know, yeah, you know things are huge. I mean, the, the, you know, this is not this. The way this is portrayed is when you have to make a very clear distinction what a drone is. I think there's some douchebag flying around with his quadcopter. 1,500 feet may be a little too high for that. Um, but there's more evidence that this was not a predator or a reaper or something like this. And also, no other pilot could see this. Okay. So five miles out from the airport at 1,500 feet, which is an estimation, by the way, by this Alitalia pilot who is not at 1,500 feet, um, that there's a drone. And now this is being reported as a drone. It could be a drone. I mean, you know, this, there's no classification even. Okay, the final copy 34, thank you. Wedge 3669, Wedge 3969. Do you have the fixed wing aircraft 1,500 feet off your right in sight? Hey, Wedge 3969, can you describe the aircraft? Looks like maybe Aratalia 76. No, like a small drone aircraft, actually, Wedge 3969. No, I don't see anything small. No, so he doesn't see anything. Roger, That's just because it was a crow. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Delta 1968, you caution. There was a report of a drone aircraft <laughs> on about a five-mile final, 1,500 feet. Okay, thank you. Alitalia, six-year uniform heavy. Turn left to whiskey. All right, so no one sees it, but now now comes the funny bit, because now I have the tower, I believe. And uh, and uh, apparently someone has called uh, the tower. Now, you don't hear this at all on the... Uh, Alitalia at no point describes this drone other than a tiny drone. But now all of a sudden the tower has a description of it. Which, uh, by the way, the aircraft still can't see, and they're even joking about it now. And Delta 1368, do you see any uh, type of aircraft out there? Uh, one on the runway, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Which better get out of the way, because I'm coming in. Sounds good, thanks. Now, here it comes. when you get this. Go ahead. He says, call me when you get a chance, because he's like, uh, dude, you're not on board with the program. You, th by the way, when the tower says, call me when you, when you get a chance, you're always in trouble. 
You're always, you know, like, would you mind coming up after you land and come and seeing me here in the tower? I'm going to ream your ass. How do you talk about the aircraft on the runway? Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, that's not, that was not the answer. About 20 minutes ago, 15, 20 minutes ago, of a uh, drone aircraft, four propellers apparently, on about a uh, six, five to six mile funnel. The free one right. Did you see four it? propellers? Yeah. So four propellers means it was a quadcopter. Not four propellers like it's being like it's a huge reaper, which doesn't even have four. No, it's got one. This is a little quad, little quadcopter. That's what this is. But all of a sudden, now he has a description of it. Yeah, where'd that come from? Not from Alitalia. Not not the recordings that I have. So this whole, I mean, whereas we were very early on, way up to speed and ahead of the curve. The real here's I mean just the final thing on these drones you have to understand the, you are not going to be droned by uh, reapers and you know hellfire shooting off of predators yes there's you know the blimps are up there they're listening to you yes Department of Homeland Security specified as now released by uh, by Epic that they wanted their drones to be equipped in order to see if someone is armed and to track uh, communications like duh big surprise no no. It is the micro drones that can swarm. That's what you got to be worried about, and not from the United States. This is the, I don't understand why this conversation isn't taking place, but if it's so easy to fly drones and get your quadcopters up, it can be done by anyone. Corporations will be running the drones, not countries. And if the government wants to get you, they'll get you. They want to kill you. They're not going to drone you. They just, you know, they just poison you. Throw you in the hot tub. It's much easier, much cheaper. No hassle. No airline pilots talking about it. You get a little flu virus. You know, make people sick. You know, this is this is the drone thing is overplayed. It is, and it's, now it's become a distraction. And Rand oh, yeah, Paul, it's totally a distraction. I will. I do want to go back shark. to the uh, to the filibuster because there was one comment by Ted Cruz that I think kind of. Uh, was the funniest comment. Also summarized the whole thing, and I think you don't. Have, if you listen to this, you don't have to listen to anything else. It is ironic <laughs> that a Nobel Peace Prize winner <laughs> won't guarantee that he won't use drones against Americans. <laughs> well, in fact, uh, that is uh, that is specifically not true. I like this Ted Cruz, though. Yeah, now he, he, you know, he, oh, he, uh, he's your senator. Is he from uh, Tejas? Yes, he's the senator from Texas. Well, it's interesting because right after that, he he laid into Holder about Fast and Furious. Uh, that's a, that's a lot shorter if you want to hear that because it, 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 he followed on right from there, went into Fast and Furious, and I think uh, he caught Holder in uh, in this one. Much oh, cool! I have both. a I have a catch too that somebody else pulled. All right, so it's here. Arnie. Here he is. <laughs> here he is uh, talking about Fast and Furious, and that the White House. Um, declared executive privilege in the communications between the uh, Department of Justice and the White House if they had any knowledge. And and here's where he does his lawyer bit, and uh, we'll point that out. Focused on the Fast and Furious program and the tragic consequences of that. Was the White House involved in any way whatsoever in decision-making concerning Fast and Furious? No. Okay, that's very clear. Not involved in the discussions on Fast and Furious. But now let's backpedal a little bit. Given that, last year, my understanding is you asserted executive privilege against handing over documents concerning Fast and Furious. Now, executive privilege, the Supreme Court has made clear, protects 
communications and advice with the president. If the White House was not involved, executive privilege does not apply to those documents. If executive privilege applies to those documents, it necessarily implies that the White House and the president personally was involved. So, so which of the two is it, General Holder? No, you're cutting too fine a line. The uh, president, the White House was not involved in the operational component. Of oh, the operational component. Oh, okay, now I understand. Oh, so in other words, wait a minute, let me get this straight. So in other words, Obama himself was not handing guns <laughs> that's the over to these gun runners. <laughs> yeah, that's not the operational component. Well, certainly interactions, conversations between the Justice Department and the White House about the uh, the operation after all of the operative facts had occurred, after all of the How, after all the operative facts had occurred, um, please. The controversy, uh, controversial actions had been taken. When then we got into the situation where we were talking about the congressional investigation of Fast and Furious, there were communications between the White House and the uh, Justice Department. So, but nothing. Con- do I understand you correctly? My time has expired, so I want to just understand your response correctly. Is it your position that executive privilege only applies after the details of Fast and Furious became public and it was with subsequent communications, but there is no executive privilege that is applicable before it becoming public because, as you just said a minute ago, the White House was not involved in any way, shape, or form with Fast and Furious. <laughs> I think Cruz is a lawyer, too, by the way, but he's a really good one. He's slick. So he just laid some smack down here, and Holder, I think, messes it up. Executive privilege protects communications between the White House and the um, the executive branch agency. And to my knowledge, there are no oh, uh, to my knowledge. Oh, communications okay. that deal with the operational components of Fast and Furious <laughs> between the White House and the Justice Department. So executive privilege does not apply to them. There's nothing there for executive privilege to apply to, as best I know. As best I know, to my knowledge. (laughs) Time to resign, dude. You got to get out now. He should get out. It's time to go. Ted Cruz was born in Canada. Canadian. He can't run for the office of president. Uh And he, uh, from Calgary, as a matter of fact, where all the money is. And he, but he went to Harvard and then Harvard Law School and Princeton. Oh, there you go. He's 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 an elite. elite. So he, so exactly. So he has his own agenda. He has his own guys. Believe yeah, me. Yeah. Well, apparently it doesn't include Holder. <laughs> no, no, Holder's not on this. Not batting for the same team. Uh, but but I I I really it, I want to stress it. I, I know I get a lot of hate mail when I say this, but I want to stress. Rand Paul I may not be your friend. And let's not forget he endorsed Mitt Romney. Come on. Actually, over his own father. Yes. So I haven't forgotten that. Yeah, and this is just this is just this is what you do. This is the big show. This is the big big show. And that's all that it is—a big, 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 big show. Yeah. Well, we've had nothing but a big show, but I think there's an interesting kind of a big show aspect of the of this current uh, economic situation. Here's a here's a. <laughs> you mean the sequestration? Yeah, or actually, if you want to hear it, play snow gag so we can get this one little gag out of the way. Okay, I have a couple of sequestration uh, gags. First came Snowpocalypse, then Snowmageddon, and now, just a few years later, perhaps the worst storm D.C. has ever seen in March, Snowquester. It is a major snowstorm hitting our area. <laughs> Snowquester. Snow so, uh, I, let me that, by the way, as far as I know, did not catch on. The Snowquester? No, no, no. I, I but I, I caught a, a drunk Diane Sawyer. Uh, oh, I got a drunk one for you too. Okay, so here's here's drunk Diane, and uh, so you know, 
this uh, this the secret the Ryan sequestration is being used for many different things. One to scare the American public. It's mainly for political advantage. Um, but the Obamas, they really have taken it to the next level, as Drunk Diane explains. And we have another change from Washington tonight, sure to provoke a big reaction. It is day two after the big budget cuts, and the White House says they are going to save money by canceling White House tours. We regret to inform that White House tours will be canceled effective Saturday, March 9, 2013, until further notice. The White House says they no longer have the staff to supervise the tours, just as spring break with a tidal wave of tourists draws near. So this is literally wait, like... Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> this is the family that, that had like 50 Christmas trees in the White House, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> no, but this, this is exactly... It's like, hey, I got a great idea. Hi, everybody. How you doing? White House meeting. I got a great idea. Let's get these... I hate, I hate it when the slaves come through my house. I know. We'll tell them we can't do any more tours. Because of the sequestration. Yeah, I think that's literally. Exactly. It's literally. This, I, it's a, what an a-hole move. And what does it cost to get a couple interns to run people through the people's house? But no, 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 no. Let's. I'm tired of these shitters and slaves walking around here. Let's just put it on the voicemail, <laughs> like on the answering machine. Make a virtual tour, you guys, and yeah. put it on the <laughs> put web. on the website. And then, uh, and this was the best. Uh, ABC can, you know, they they of course have been talking about you know the American economy vaporizing uh, due to these uh, cuts in increases in money. Of course, nothing's really happening. Uh, oh yes, I'm sorry. The stock market is above fourteen thousand. It's going crazy. New record. And so, they, uh, how are they going to explain this? Well, George Stephanopoulos got his girls. And, but but Bianna, investors seem to be... Bianna is her name, by the way. Bianna. Bianna. Hi, B... <laughs> I mean... Oh, I just had a girl. What's her name? Bianna? Uh, okay. And, but but Bianna, investors seem to be shrugging off any economic impact from the stalemate in Washington, those across-the-board spending cuts. Yeah, isn't that kind of sad? It was basically a... It's kind of sad. Sad. It's sad. Analyst is this woman. <laughs> it's beyond anticipated that we were going to have these spending cuts. And as you saw for the beginning of the year, in anticipation of the fiscal cliff, you saw a lot of CEOs really rallying to Washington politicians, asking them to come up with some sort of resolve. You didn't really see that now. You're not seeing a huge effect on the economy. Economists <laughs> are saying that we could have some sort of impact. It could slow economic growth, but not really bring us into another recession. No, not really anything, basically. It's so sad because, you know, we, we did our yeah, bit and it didn't happen. We did all this Bull crap! And nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. We didn't get any. They canceled tours of the White House. <laughs> they closed a couple. Na- they closed the national park up in Olympia. Oh, that Olymp- yeah. up in Washington. Oh, Olympia really? They, they closed the park. Well, that's just that's just because they wanted a uh, holiday. That's lame. Really? Yeah. I can't believe they did that. Oh man. Uh, and then uh, I have to uh, I have to bring up a touchy subject. Um, you know, I, I, uh, typically, uh, I, you know, I'm always enamored by your advice, except on uh, the topic of gold. I usually ignore, your, ignore, I ignore your advice. Uh, and I also ignored your advice on selling my bitcoins. Oh, well, you know, that was probably, a, no, actually sell them. You can't sell them. That's the problem. Well, th- this, this is what I want to bring up. So. I held on to, and I didn't. I don't have three hundred. I have one hundred and forty-three bitcoins, um, and uh, we talked about this when it hit thirty-three, which was a clear mark. 
And uh, as of today, uh, now they soared up past 48. Looks like they've dropped down a little bit. We're now uh, around, let me see, 43. So maybe we've hit the peak. Can but I, can I, but let can me let I interject. No, I no, interject? no, 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 no. Let me finish my 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 comment. Uh, I'm very worried, very, very worried about this because I wanted to cash some in. I'm like, all right, we're at 48. I'm going to go cash some in. So um, guess what? The only way you can really cash it in is if you do a private sale with someone who you trust, because all these other places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you can sell through uh, through PayPal, and we'll send you the money on PayPal. Um, but if it's not a scam, and and a lot of them I think are, then it says, oh, well, we only have limited funds. You can only sell two, <laughs> two, two bitcoins. So I'm like, uh, all right, I got all these bitcoins. Then I'm like, oh, the BitcoinStore.com opened. Is the the store sucks? I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll buy I'll buy a tablet. There's no tablets. There's no iPhones. There's no candy. I can't buy. So we should cancel our Bitcoin initiatives. I, you're telling me. I want to because I'm worried that I'm. I'm holding on to it because who knows? I, I, it would no. be. It would be lovely. But until my landlady accepts Bitcoin, I can't do this. Because I need money. I need money now that I can give to my landlady and give to H E B. H E B Heb. You don't know what H E B is? No. Oh, baby, you've never been to Texas. What's Heb? <laughs> That's our supermarket. Oh, okay. H-E-B. So, uh, and I can't even give them away. If I could give them away at the farmer's market, if I could give them Bitcoins, I'd do that. And then, you know, and all of a sudden we got like, you know, we, I think we got a little over 10 Bitcoin. Uh, and that was your challenge. And we, we went past the 10 mark. Yeah. So yeah just, I, so just wasted our time. Well, well, we have the money, but we can't. I mean, please. No, get, we don't have the money. That's the point. Yeah, we have exactly. Bitcoin. We have Bitcoin. So please get a Bitcoin address so I can send you your share. And good luck, because we can't. I can't. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, I, in, I can buy WordPress. What? We'll anyway, cash them in, and we'll put it in the bank. You can't cash them in. Well, then what good are they? This is the point. It's like I've had people offer privately, and and since there are no agenda listeners, I trust them, but. You know that's not. This is not. This is not good. It, it will take a long time. When, if we all move that way, I'm I'm all for it. But right now it's we're in. The, gonna, I can't you know, risk it. I can't. It. I can't risk it. I personally, you may be able to. I cannot risk that we get a lot of gonna, money. I don't want bitcoins. I need money in the bank. It should be in a bank account. Yes, I mean I'm I'm so worried that we're, money. You know, we're going to get all of these. It's like buying stocks or something. It's crazy. So a broker goes to his client. He says, "Got to get some Dynamo. Dynamo Corporation is unbelievable. So penny a share, buy as much no, as you can." And, and, and by the way, by the way, just for the people in the chat room, gold is different. There's a there's a liquid market in gold. I can oh, go yeah, no, can anywhere and gold sell gold. Something. Why would anybody equate bitcoins to gold? You can let me tell my joke. Yeah, the guy says. Penny a share, so I'll buy $10,000 worth. It calls him back the next day. So the stock's up to a dime. He says, you already made 10 times. Oh, but buy another $10,000 worth. You buy some more. Then he calls him back next the week after. He says, the stock is at a buck. He says, holy crap, just here. Here's another 10 grand. Buy more. And then he calls him back the next week. He says, the stock is now at 100. He says, okay, buy, take all my money and buy more dyna, dynamo. The guy a week later says the stock is at a thousand dollars a share, and the guy says, "Okay, sell it." And the broker says, "To who?" <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
And the chat room is going, they're calling me a fucking idiot now. But you know what? I, I mean, I, I disagree. What are you even communicating with this nut? Oh, tell the chat room that one of those, those boneheads should buy the bitcoins from you in cash, cash money, and you're, you'll be done with it. And then they can call you an idiot all they want. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a couple people I mean, talk offer. It's cheap when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's a great virtual. Uh, it's great for virtual How's stuff. Great. Because, you know, because what is the actual cost of a WordPress account? All right. What is the actual cost of it? So yes, you could. Which is uh, about what the Bitcoin's worth. Yeah. So, you know, when people do something and, you know, I mean, we. So there's a, fi there's a finite universe of Bitcoins. What's great about the Bitcoin concept is you can go, you know, 16 behind the decimal. So you can expand this money supply in a in a different way just based upon the value. Um, Why is any of this good? Well, let me, let me, um, let me finish my, my thought. Right, right. Just explain it to me. So in the virtual world where I need, you know, some hosting, uh, someone else wants some porn, you know, there's all these different things. Uh, it kind of works. It's just a barter system. It's a, it's a peg for a barter system. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that because we could also say, hey, you give me some hosting, I'll give you this, you know. But it, 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 you put a value on it, you get a number, and that's okay. Right? I, I, I think a lot of people who, who have the Bitcoins either earn them that way. Uh, I don't think a lot of people took money from their bank account and bought Bitcoins. I don't think so. I'm not sure. Um, but I think there's a lot of bartering. So it's a great online bartering measure. But for what I do, I don't need um, stuff from online. I need my house and uh, if and and until my landlady sees that you know the bitcoin i would give her for the rent can be used for whatever she needs and we i mean it can it could happen but please stop with this like you know idiocy it's just it, it's it's going to make me it's going to put me in the poorhouse if we start accepting bitcoin for this show this is what i live on and you empty gox and all this stuff. My account got hacked on empty gox. My password was passed out everywhere. You can't trust any of this crap. What's empty docs? Empty gox is the is the exchange. Empty gox. Mtgox dot com. Huh. And you know, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I'll buy a hundred from you." Yeah, but okay. You know, send me a check. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the PayPal scam works like this. All right, send me the Bitcoin. They send you the PayPal. And the next day, they say to PayPal, oh, reverse that. I didn't get what he promised me. And then right. and PayPal, PayPal's of course. Not back you up. And they're, no, they're not going to back you up. Uh, but all, people, believe me, I got, I got like a huge amount of money in dollars in Bitcoin. I can't exchange it anywhere. I can do two. Two. I love the two. Two. You I'm, do two I'm a not day? kidding. Two. At bit at, at BitPay and bit and bit uh what was the what other about, one? Is it two a day, two a month, two a year, two forever? What? That's all they had right now, period. It's like, oh you it just says uh, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, let's get rid of half of them. I'm like, uh fifty bitcoin and by the way, I got these when the Bitcoin was, you know, a buck. You know, so it's you know, I don't feel rich because I can't do anything with this money except buy lots of hosting. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I looked at like I'll buy Miss Mickey a great monitor for her, uh, you know, for her photography. The, the Bitcoin store is the shitty monitors, uh, and the, the one she wants. I don't know. I've also gotten some people from three-letter agencies telling me that there's something else, something else up. I I don't know about that. Maybe they're just disinfoing me to keep me away from it. So I'm all for it. I'm all for alternative currency. But I'm not. I know you're not. I, and I'm and I'm a little more on your side only because of a practical reason that I can't spend it except on crap that I don't need. And then it's like, oh, you're not part of the community. <sighs> Will the community please pay my rent? Oh, actually, the community does pay my rent. That's kind of cool. But I need it in so, PayPal. Uh, this reminds me of beans. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, the beans. What beans? B-E-N-C. Yeah. There was another one. I don't know if beans was the Whoopi Goldberg one. Whoopi Goldberg was in I think it was. Let's see. Beans. Yeah, let's check out beans. Beans. Here at beans.com. I do remember this. It was the same problem. Online currency performing activities, visiting shopping online. Or logging on to an internet service provider. What was ludicrous to me is this is like going, not that I would know, but this is like going to a strip joint and you'd go buy their money to give to the girls (laughs) and then they have to cash it in and they get screwed in the deal as opposed to you just give the girls the dollar. Flues was the other one. Flues. That's it. Flues. (laughs) Flues. Let me see if flues.com still exists. Let's see. Flues.com. Let's see how that worked out. Beans management team raised $100 million from venture capitalists, including <laughs> this is the kind of thing going on. Uh, Larry Ellison of Oracle, Francois <laughs> Pinot of PPR, Vivendi Universal. Right. What the hell are they thinking? Well, so this, of course, this has nothing. Th- th- I think what's happening here is because apparently no one owns it and there's a finite number, etc. That's why people believe in it. But I think that's a, a mistake. So Beans has changed into Welcome to Beans, the innovative multi-channel reward program. Oh, green stamps. <laughs> S&H green stamps. Check that one out, people. That? <laughs> so uh, let's, do, let's do some predictions then. What, what is going to happen to the Bitcoin? It's going to become worthless. A collector's item as a coin, the ones that are available, the actual coins, because uh, there, there are coins out there. Uh, those will be collectible and probably be worth about $10 as collectible coins. That's my prediction. $10? Yeah. I think they'll be worth less than a challenge coin from the No Agenda show. <laughs> now you're talking. That's for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there's a lot of um, hatred when, when you question this. You know, you're an idiot. You don't get it. You don't understand free market economics. Like, What? You know, you're dumb. You don't understand free market economics. Yeah. That's a classic. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, you want to hear some comments? Yeah, yeah. Read the comments. <laughs> this is the kind of people that we have in the chat room for people out there who need to be forewarned. <laughs> and people don't believe me. Like, Adam says he can't sell them. That's bullshit. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Why, why would I lie about that? Why would I lie about it? I, I tried. I tried four different exchanges. One says, hey, give us your bank credentials and we'll log in for you and, uh, you know, to verify your account so we can put it. Yeah, right. I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. 
No. Yeah, is that guy, is that the exchange in Nigeria, perhaps? This was one that was that's recommended on the Bitcoin Wikipedia site. The top one, actually. All right, here's some. Uh, here's uh, just some random twenty-one comments, actually. Okay. Um, here's number one. Is there any currency Curry won't grovel for? Okay, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> people, <laughs> people, <laughs> yeah, that's that's our listeners. True, there you go. People donated those bitcoins when they were an unproven experiment and practically worthless. Then you had the June 2011 bubble and subsequent crash. That was when the bitcoin community needed you the most. Instead, you and Dvorak proceeded to diss the independent currency every time you got the chance to mention it. Bitcoin has been slowly regaining confidence throughout 2012, but not thanks to you. You can't expect Bitcoiners, this is now, people are now Bitcoiners, to suddenly part with their BTC, especially knowing their upside potential. This sounds like a pump and dump. Having said no that, kidding. you do have a healthy stash of Bitcoins. If you believe there's even a small chance that Bitcoin will become a significant player in the currency commodity market, then the potential for price appreciation is mind-blowing. A good strategy I've heard is wow. to, to cash out 10% of your stash every time the price doubles. Yeah, I'd like to. That way you'll never run out of BTC, and at the same time, you won't feel bad if one day the whole thing comes crumbling down. At least you got something out of it. Yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah. Let me see what wow, else. Wow, that's amazing. You have a problem with people sharing common interests, forming communities, bitcoins like Facebook? Yeah, I'll donate BTC once you've shown some understanding of the underlying principles. I yeah. suggest you start by figuring out the meaning of salted password hashes. Okay. <laughs> so, what are the underlying principles then of of Bitcoin? That guy lives at home. <laughs> what are the underlying principles of Bitcoin? What is that? What is the underlying? It's the, the challenge coin. There's a, there's a limited number manufactured. They're giving an given an arbitrary value, and now they're on the open market. That's the underlying principles. Is nothing more than a collectible. But, but, I mean, it's not not a species. But people go accepted by for, for exchange on the, any international exchange. I can't exchange bitcoins for for J, uh, Chinese yuan or Japanese yen or even the dollar or even a Canadian okay, dollar. Okay. Okay. Here here is here's what I'm going to do. I have an idea. I am going to divest, uh, and this is you can ch you can check this by the way. There's like you, if you do Bitcoin address, you can see exactly how much Bitcoin someone has, which is I, so much for privacy. If you publish your Bitcoin address, then people can see how much Bitcoin you have, and I guess go and kill me for them. Seriously, if you go to blockchain.info and you fill in the address that we used. You can see how many transactions, total received, final balance. So this is great. This is fantastic. So I, I actually published this. It's associated with me. And now people will come in here, try and find the laptop that it's on, cut my throat for the Bitcoin. This is horrible. Where's the privacy in this? This is That's bullshit. Terrible. This, is, this is really bullshit. Oh, by the way, to the one commenter who said that, you know, when the Bitcoin people needed your help, Hey, we're a, we're a podcast, people. Whatever we say has zero influence on any market whatsoever. Who are you kidding? You're not a Bitcoiner, John. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I will sell all of my Bitcoins, and the price is um, $50 per Bitcoin. Yeah, so you're going about it the wrong way. No, I'm not. Yeah. If everyone is so, if, if everyone's such a believer, it's a good deal because it's going to triple, quadruple. Yeah, sell me so, so what? What's wrong about that? What am I supposed to do? Dump it for thirty-five bucks a coin, 
Get rid of it. Fifty. <laughs> no one's going to take that deal. You, you thirty-five bucks under under market value by a lot. Do you think I can you move can the market? All the coins, and you'll be in business. Do you think I can move the market? You're not going to move. No, there's a twenty-one million bitcoins. I believe hmm. you're not going to move anything. No, but if so, if, if all these people who are so big on Bitcoin, why don't they just no, step no, up? They're and, all full of crap. You, you haven't figured this out. No, this is they're what I'm going to buy any coins from you. This is what all I want to sit in the chat room and carp. This is this, this is what I want to prove. If you really believe in it, buy them from me for fifty bucks. And otherwise, you're full of crap. Why they get them in the open market cheaper? What kind of thinking is this? It's a point. dump them. <laughs> All right, I'm done with the Bitcoin. Let's no, talk about not. let's talk about real money. No, you're not. You're not dumping them because no one's gonna. Okay, let's no, talk I'm, about I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Is what I said. Let's talk about real money. Money that I can give to my landlady. Lovely. Joyce is her name. All right. Well, we have four executive producers and uh, nice. Or I'm sorry, two executive producers and uh, three actually. Sorry, and two. Uh, Associates, and let me tell you who they are. They came in this week for show four ninety three. Uh, Sir Gear Torkhagen, who is one of our knights, um, he's in Taipei. I didn't know that. So anyway, he gave us five hundred dollars for the five hundred uh, anniversary. He's adding it up to up to seven hundred for his daughter's damehood. The entire family are soon knights, except the wife. And apparently the wife thinks the two of us are morons. <laughs> and that's what... She's in the chat room, obviously. <laughs> Who is she in the chat She's in the chat room. <laughs> Why does Leo have such a, a highly regarded chat room and, and we... And <laughs> have very stringent rules. You start pulling that crap that this chat room does and they're the IP's addresses are, are copied. They never get back in. <laughs> oh, man. Very That's strict. Very, very strict. Very it's good. We have a bunch of communists in ours. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be so much hate. And by the way, you'll get none of it. You're, you're the most anti-Bitcoin person I know. And yet I get all I get all the crap just for being honest and and like not buying into the bullshit like everybody does. I'm all for it, people. Uh, we'll take sticks, whatever. I'm and and I, and by the way, this doesn't mean I believe the dollar is so fantastic. That's not, anyway, we all know how that works. You know, that's another thing people confuse me with. Someone who cares about the dollar, like oh, you love fiat money. <laughs> okay, Sir Dwayne Melanson. In Tigard, Oregon, or as I like to pronounce it, Tigard, uh, he likes he like an ITM. Congrats on the milestone with this donation. I'm a seventh degree knight. By the way, these people get a executive producer for this show and show 500. Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Donating yeah. either yes. 500 or 31313. And we do a, we do a special page, right? Uh, there'll be a page and a yeah. I'm a seventh degree knight and hope to keep it going. We need to figure out what color shirts we can standardize on so it'd be easy for the drones to pick out the knights from the air. We're gonna be wearing this little tape. Pin. Yeah. Tape, pins, and a brown shirt with an armband. You'll be perfect. Yeah, perfect. Oh, so let me give go a little... meeting and let us know what you decide. You bet. Okay, he needs an In ITM. The there you go. Big ITM for you. Thank you uh, so much. Sir wait, so it's Sir Gear and Sir uh Melathon. Both uh, stepping it up and stepping in, which yeah, is beautiful. Meanwhile, I'm very concerned about our donations, the way they're going, uh, which I maybe we'll talk about at this uh, at the break. 
Okay. Philip Meeson in Welsh poor, Welsh poor, poor, that's us. Welsh pool pows. <laughs> UK uh, 31313, the only one who came in with that uh, donation, I might add. Which is the magic number for our show 500, 31313. It's been over a year since I first started listening to the best podcast in the universe, and today I finally reached my knighthood. I really appreciate the effort you both put in. Uh, well, more Adam, as John seems to show up on a Sunday and a Thursday to wing it. Smiley face. I think we, yeah, I do. Your media assassination is both enlightening and entertaining through, though my paranoia has increased tenfold since starting to listen. Give yourself some karma for the upcoming show 500 and I'll take it. Dr. Kiki, uh, one hell, he- hot milf and a, and I guess a karma for us. And he okay. thanks profusely. All right. Uh, there we go. Shut up already. It's science. That's one hot milf, baby. You've got karma. There you go. And thank you so much, Philip. Very nice. Love that uh, 31313. Our big uh, episode 500 falls on the 31st of March, 2013. 31313 is uh, the special uh, donation amount for that. So, and it said so. We have a newsletter. And also, the, the, it's reflected in the uh, Dvorak.org slash NA, NA page, yeah. along with the Bitcoin number, which brings us to Adam Levine, who sent us or you, like, uh, to your account, which we have to close. I donated five... Can do- you actually close it? Can you close that? Can you destroy your number? I don't know. You have to do something. Uh, the problem is we... Well, I'll tell you some other time. But anyway, if the, he donated 5.0000033 bitcoins, which are worth forty four ninety seven. dollars I'm sorry. No longer. They're now worth uh, forty-two. So you're now uh, you we're down. We may have to recalculate him and drop him from the exe- social. No, no, he, he he squeaks in at two hundred and ten. Oh, okay. Anyway, thanks for accept- thanks for accepting bitcoins. I'd like karma <laughs> for my family and a vote for keeping the donation segment as short as possible. Yeah, well, I certainly give you a karma for the family. Absolutely, you've got karma. And finally, Judy Schwartz in the pleasant town of Bern, Texas. I'm not familiar with uh, Bern. I don't know if it's even spelled right. Uh-huh. Anyway, 200 bucks. She says, thanks for keeping me informed. She loves the two of us. And that will be uh-huh. our associate executive producer, executive producer, people for the show 493. As we approach show 500, uh, remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendanation.com and noagendashow.com and click the donate button there. It would re- be very useful if we kept at least kept alive until show 500, and that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of PR mentions to make. Uh, first of all, our drone night, uh, Adam there from uh, Gitmo Nation Manhattan. Uh, he uh, he's doing a, there's a little benefit uh, concert that he's putting on uh, f- uh, called Free SM, and uh, we uh, certainly would like you to support him. Uh, free SM E S S A M dot com. It's in the PR uh, segment of the show notes. Also, um, let's see uh, the BlackBerry super abuser Anthony, producer Anthony. Says, Adam and John, I'm aware uh, BlackBerry isn't very popular in Gitmo Nation proper, but there's a few of us citizens here and many more around the world who still love the BlackBerry. The new devices are proving to be popular as well now that they are available. Is that true, John? Is that uh, a fact? With that in mind, and with no money to donate, I decided to place a No Agenda app in BlackBerry's App Store 
under the development name Hammer Down Media. Uh, aren't any frills, but it allows the user to view the artwork, listen to the show, um, and he's charging nice. two ninety nine for it. He will, of course, uh, share the proceeds with us, so that's very good. Um, you can find that at blackberry.nashownotes.com. I uh, set that up. And uh, then we have, uh, oh, we are now also automatically transmorphograted to YouTube. And there's a link to the uh, No Agenda YouTube archives where someone is putting the entire show up, uh, the audio up on YouTube, which is, it's, it's not easy to do. Most people can only do 10 minutes. And if you get it in your full account, it's it's a pain in the ass. You know, it's like, oh, I got to upload that thing again and people forget. So he set it up an, an automatic system. And it'll just it'll do it forever if it doesn't break. So that's very very cool, and we appreciate that. Doesn't break is the key. Yeah, well, you know, so things break over time. Uh, but more importantly, uh, yes, uh, we do need your support, and it will become very evident in this program why we need your support because we're doing a crap load of work, and uh, we actually we got a nice call out. What was it? Um, someone with there was like some article on the Verve or something. Well, someone pegged it very well and said, you know, they said the two top podcasted this week in tech, Leo Laporte, completely independent. His shows are better than what they were on tech TV. And then second, it was the no, no agenda show where Adam and John do not take advertising money because that is the number one way every single piece of media gets compromised is by taking advertising money. Then you can't you will be limited one way or the other. See, we can talk crap about gold. We can talk crap about seeds. We can talk crap about w- water filtration systems. You know, yeah, just get the prepper stuff going. Dvorak.org slash <laughs> NA. Now, of course, if you are broke, don't send us Bitcoin. Just go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Right, slaves. Hey, so I'm looking up flues.com in the wiki. <laughs> it's gone. Right? It's a parking site. Yeah, well, it says in 2001, flues.com was notified by the was notified by the FBI <laughs> that a Russian organized crime syndicate was using flues and stolen credit card numbers as part of a money laundering scheme mm-hmm. in which the credit cards were used to purchase currency and then redeemed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's gonna. I'm sure that'll happen with Bitcoin. Yeah, money launderers are always looking for a good idea. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about... Uh, money laundering. <laughs> money laundering. Mm. I, I do want to play this one here, which is a, the quiz for you. Mm. Uh, and there's two versions. There's one that confirms good. one way or the other, but the, the one that has the word one in it, which is the drunk or not drunk. This is oh. Newt, Ging- Newt okay. Gingrich. Tell you This is a quiz for you. Is he drunk or not drunk? Okay, I'm playing one. Yeah, one. Okay. Newt Gingrich, drunk or not drunk? Good to be with you. Uh, your thoughts watching uh, filibuster? It's been a while since we've seen this. I'm really proud of Rand Paul. I'm proud of him for standing up for the rights of Americans and the Constitution. I'm proud of him for 
pushing the Senate and actually having a genuine filibuster, which is the right of a senator. And I'm proud of him for getting all of us, as you are tonight, to pay some attention. This is a serious question. We've evolved into a world where the President of the United States basically uh, signs off on killing people on a remarkable frequency. Okay, um, now he he had more like a weed smoker's cough in there. Like <laughs> he had the cough. That, I think it was a belch. And then he went vavuv. He said like and, something vavuv. Yeah, and then he said basically, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> basic, basically. Well, basically. Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Newt Gingrich um, hammered. Okay, well, play part two and just will confirm or deny. And historic in raising a constitutional issue for the country. And I commend him uh, for this level of leadership. And as you, as you yourself said, he's beginning to gradually attract a bipartisan group. That's right. So Rand Paul was... It was late. Rand Paul was coked out and Newt Gingrich was hammered drunk. Oh, actually, there's a bunch of guys hammered drunk because they were there, a lot of them. I was actually impressed by the guys who didn't get drunk because many of them came over from the from some nearby hotel after a dinner with Obama. Right. And I guess they were holding it in. Um, <laughs> well, you know, they, they, that's all. What else are you going to do? You know, you just damn the oh, no, damn filibuster. I can't imagine being there and not being just plastered all the time, oh, morning yeah. and night. <laughs> in fact, you're drunk right now, aren't you? I wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see. Let's try. Uh, here's another one. I, that, this is an interesting clip as far as I, because when I heard it, I said, is this guy really right? Is this he saying this? Play, this is Carney, and he's stammering. And when he starts to stammer, he blurts things out. And, and to me, I interpreted this a certain way. So Carney, of course, for those of you living outside or even inside America who can't identify the state of Texas, Carney is the spokeshole for the the White House. But, you know, our interest is not in, uh, you know, it, as long as these goals are met, that that we do not, uh, uh, you know, go headlong into another manufactured crisis. It, you know, we are focused on uh, trying to find uh, common sense solutions to the challenges that face us. Did he just say manufactured crisis? Did he just say manufactured crisis? Yes. Why did he say that? Because it's a manufactured crisis. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I, I when I heard this, is is he admitting that these bulk and and, let me hear and it he again. said another as though there's been many. Let, <laughs> let, me, think. let me hear it again. But, you know, our interest is not in, uh, you know. As long as these goals are met, that that we do not, uh, uh, you know, go headlong into another manufactured crisis. If, you know, we are focused on uh, trying to find uh, common sense solutions to the challenges that face us. You know, and another thing that I'm really sick and tired of: common sense. Common yeah. sense. It's a common sense. It's common sense. Now, where do we know? Where uh, I know, but uh, perhaps we should ask you, as a general historian. Where the term common sense comes from, you know uh, the answer. I have, it comes from, I think, the common people or something, the sense of, no, the, of the masses. No, this no. was a book. Oh, yeah. right, Common Sense. It was a book. It was a very famous book was in, it, I think, the 1800s. Was it not Thomas Paine, I think, who wrote the Common Sense? Oh, let's see. Yeah, Paine it is uh, from the, uh, hold on a second, I shall. Uh, was it in the 1700s? Sense, a pamphlet written by Thomas Paine, first published anonymously on January 10th, 1776, at the beginning of the American Revolution. Common oh, okay. Sense was signed, written by an Englishman, and it became an immediate success. 
having sold almost 100,000 copies in 1776 in relative proportion to the population of the colonies at that time. It had the largest sale and circulation of any book in American history. Common Sense presented the American colonists with an argument for freedom from British rule at a time when the question of seeking independence was still undecided. Paine wrote and reasoned in a style that common people understood. Slaves. Forgoing the philosophical and Latin references used by the Enlightenment era. In other words, when the president or his spokes all talk about common sense, that means we're dumbing it down for you stupid slaves to understand. Don't you think? No, I think there's an argument to be made. If you play that the beginning of that Carney clip again, by the way, I, I think I would urge you to do this. This is one of those, uh, well, the central question is, you have to read the book, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. He says something as an intro and then says something else, and it's like a total non sequitur. Just not, don't get to the part about the uh, manufactured uh, crisis. Just play that first part and then him kind of mumbling to himself and then the second part. But, you know, our interest is not in, uh, you know, as long as these goals are met, that, that our we do not. Our interest is not in. Hold on, let's go back and let's go back again. This is pretty good, actually. But, you know, our interest is not in uh, telling you the truth. You know, as long as these goals are met. That, that what, the, the, what we want. That we do not, uh, uh, you know, go headlong into another manufactured crisis. It, you know, we are focused on uh, trying to find uh, common sense solutions to the challenges that face us. Huh. <laughs> It's just it's, it's amazing to live. You should really start to parse this character. He, he's just always doing stuff like this. But do this. If you do a Google search on the term common sense, right, uh, besides common sense media, and maybe just hit news, and then you just see it's all like common sense, common sense, common sense, FTC, common sense, common sense, and this, common sense, and that. Politics this week, caucus. Oh, a caucus of common sense. Ooh, caucus of common sense. What's a caucus of common sense? Well, let's see. Uh, let's see. Politics this week. This is forty-five minutes ago. Again, the common sense. Where every single time you use common sense, an angel gets peed upon. Let's see. Let me find uh, the term common Obama sense. Obama appeals to caucus of common sense to stop sequester. <laughs> the caucus of common sense. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. Of course, the other word cropping up is the charm offensive. It, mm, okay, that's also an oldie but a goodie. Uh, I have too many M's here. That's why I'm not finding. God, there's so many ads on the stupid web. Can I use my Bitcoin to buy them away? Yeah, you wish. Yeah. In America, the deadline passed for avoiding the sequester of severe cuts to spending. Barack Obama met Republicans to try to secure a deal on the deficit and said he would strive to find a caucus of common sense. The president said he would try and find. So the president is trying to said, find the caucus. Is that the deal of common sense? Well, why doesn't he just do something, you know, like take action instead of trying to find the caucus? Because <laughs> it's more fun. It's like an Easter egg hunt. You know, he's got nothing to do. It's like he's got no visitors at the White House because it's all closed. He's all lonely sitting Well, that's there. what that dinner was last night. It says right here on the Hill. He's trying to build the idea of a common sense caucus. That's what he had this dinner. It was a dinner in a, for some reason in a hotel. Do they serve Coco Van at the common sense caucus? <laughs> I don't know. They never gave out the menu. They should give out the menus to these things. <laughs> the public has a right to know. There's a picture um, 
from last year. We need a foodie that takes pictures of his food. Well, it, you know, the White House has the Flickr stream. And uh, gosh, if I could find it. It's somewhere last year. If you Google uh, Obama, Pelosi, Reed, and what's the, the other? Mitch McConnell. San, sub sandwiches. So it's them like having a caucus of common sense. But they've got like $300 worth of sub sandwiches, like, you know, foot longs. They've got cookies the size of hubcaps. They've all got their individual little tea. It's unbelievable. I mean, and they think that that's like common folk. I mean, seriously, you got to see this. All right, got to find this. See if I can find the Flickr. If you do, you do. So you do uh, Flickr, Flickr, Obama. Pelosi sub sandwiches sub sandwich that's how you'll find it and then you do images you're going to see this picture it's going to freak you out I found it already number three on uh, Google here it is oh yeah look at I look, got it. look at it you see the cookies are like hubcaps and then look at look at that plate just, you do have the picture where Obama is is, is telling uh, he's le- he's uh, farting he's 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 squeezing a fart out oh that that well, yeah I got that one <laughs> but the one I'm thinking is where she's he's telling Pelosi no no I've had enough which just looks like a different event no I don't have that one oh okay I don't have that. but I, but you see the one where with the, with the sub sandwiches look at yeah. it's like stacked three high and yeah there are a bunch this is one of those elite bag lunches that they have yeah this is what Obama looks like he's actually <laughs> he's like lifting a leg up. Uh, man, that sub got to me. And these sandwiches, these starchy sandwiches. <laughs> but, but look, they all have their... Indu- what's the bag? What's the, what are the bags in front? Chips, what do you think? chips, chips, chips. They got chips. Chips. Yeah. And then meanwhile, it's on all on the finest China. White House, China. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me give one of all of them a little douchebag. Douche My God. And they've got their little tea, their little individual teapots. But what 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 are they trying to come? This is when elites think they're going to. We're like common people. Let's talk about the sequestration with you know, sub sandwiches with sub-san- on hundred dollar plates. But look, but look how many there are. There is two hundred, three hundred dollars of sub sandwiches there, John. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Four. I count fourteen sandwiches for five people. Fourteen sub sandwiches. These are the seven dollar versions. So okay, let it let it be one hundred twenty. No, these bucks. look like they were made at the White House. The bread looks way too much better than a. Uh, how about those cookies Subway. though? How about those cookies? Look how big they are. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> they're bigger than Pelosi's head. They're bigger than her areolas. Oh, I don't. That just freaked me out. That made me sick. Yeah, please, you're making us sick. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. Let me lighten the mood then. Let me lighten the mood as uh, it took a little bit for us to figure it out, uh, but it didn't take all that long actually. Um, this Dennis Rodman thing. And uh, what what was interesting is in the past a few days since our Sunday show when we said, hey, you know, Dennis Rodman, you got to smoke some dope or, you know, maybe it was some heroin or probably opium over there with Kim Jong-un with the with the, the vice crew. And, you know, the outrage, the, the anger of the political uh, media elite was surprising. And then, of course, I figured out what it was all about because we just we. We actually missed it first time around. How dumb are we? Uh, so just to give you an example, here is Mika. Mika Brzezinski, who of all people, being uh, uh, Brezhnev Brzezinski's daughter, should be very interested in the in the grand chess game, which is his book, of uh, North Korea and the moves that Kim Jong-un is making. You know, instead, she belittles not only Dennis Rodman as a moron, 
but also anyone who even wants to talk about him uh, going to North Korea and breaking bread with Kim Jong Un, including people on her own show. I'm a little angry about that, but I'm what do you, glad what do you to know? Please, that. I think. Mm. Listen, my we, author friend is back. We need yeah. to share. We need to share. No share sharing. With share with I don't share. What are you angry about? Uh, well, I just a loaded question. <laughs> are you serious what right now? Particularly, are you angry about when it comes to George Stephanopoulos having Dennis Rodman on this week? Um, I think that you just said it right there. That coupling probably is not what you expect to see on a Sunday show, nor do you need to see, nor do you need to give attention to someone who... No, because we need to be elitist, important. Clearly brings nothing to the table. Clearly brings nothing to the table, but Carmen Electra's smell. It's not just George <laughs> Stephanopoulos. They're all, all, the news stories are all treating this as though Dennis Rodman is like an actual Hey, person. idiots, you're treating it like a story now. Oh, no, it's no, four minutes past the hour. Idiots. Hey, you idiots. Dennis is making fun of everything. It's four minutes past the hour. We should have been into some hard-hitting heavy news. He's being called the highest-ranking American official. <laughs> He's not an official. He wasn't even a respectable He, went, he got rebounds player. for Michael Jordan. No. Okay, so, so why is every why is the media laughing at, at uh, Dennis Rodman? John, do you know the answer? Because they can't get access? I have no idea. No, because this whole thing was completely, entirely, perfectly timed. He was on the Sunday shows... What came on Sunday night? What? Celebrity Apprentice. With <laughs> Wait De a minute. With, with Dennis this Rodman. Is a stretch? No, it was Celebrity Apprentice with Dennis Rodman. Oh, was he on the show? Yes. Oh, if Sunday I had known that, I would have put two and two together. Yeah, but <laughs> Trump is the best at this. Well, unfortunately, not so good. The ratings sucked. I think, I think he made a mistake. The ratings, he put all his money into Dennis Rodman going to... Because, you know, I think this is how it works. So Trump, of course, can call up... up on this one. Yeah, he screwed up. Trump, of course, can call Kim Jong-un and say, hey, dude, like, uh, listen, I got my show starting. Uh, I need you to, you know, let's do something cool. I got my guy here. Dennis... Dennis, Dennis uh, no, get, the first question would be, do you want to be on it? Well, of course. Duh. Do you want to be on the show? No, <laughs> I don't give really can't do that. No, no, I don't. <laughs> you want to be on the show. Hey, Kim, Kim. Hey, Kim Jong. Do you want to be on the show? Mm, no. Okay. All right. Well, listen. I got uh, Brett Michaels. I got uh, who else do we have? Um, Doesn't this happen? By the way, every single year on our show, we find some <laughs> Trump connection to some bullcrap news story. Yeah, but he didn't. But he didn't <laughs> do well. Great. Uh, only five point one million viewers. Ooh, that's not good. That's not good. So uh, here's the. Uh, is it on? It must be on NBC. It's NBC, yeah. NBC is in the toilet. Yeah. So they have um, Trace Adkins. No, Kim Jong don't want him. They got Brett Michaels. Like, ugh, no, he's it's you know annoying. It's that guy. Latoya Jackson. Well, he's already had her. And uh, and then there's Dennis Rodman, and Dennis Rodman's interesting. You know, he's he's interesting. He's an interesting guy. I'd I'd love to hang out with Dennis Rodman. What? But I said between his mumbling. So, uh, so you know, NBC has gotten some of the worst ratings. They're the number five or something network now. Yeah, they're bad. They're really. I want to just make a point about this. When they started in the decline, when General Electric bought them, and even though they were, you know, they were doing much better before GE came along. GE is the ones who implemented stacked ranking. Stacked ranking. 
Yeah, stacked ranking or forced ranking is a is a technique used by a lot of uh, companies. It was developed by Jack Welch at GE, and he forced. Oh, it on right, his, right, right. No, it, 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 on his employees. Yeah, and oh, it, it made them angry. They all got screwed. Yeah, because you take four people in a group, and then they rank each other, and then the fourth guy, the guy gets the lowest ranking amongst peers. In other words, the supervisors rank you, you rank the supervisors, and there's right, always a ranking right. that's going on. The lower 25% get fired unceremoniously. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> you got to look into this. It's really nasty. Wow. And which is fine. Like apparently with a startup or some company that needs to be sh- has to have a shakeout, you'll do this a cup for a couple of years and then you stop. Wisely, you would stop doing it. You don't keep doing it, which is what GE did. And essentially, if you do it in a creative environment like a like a TV network, you might as well just shoot yourself. So I believe everybody is was stack ranked out of NBC if they had a clue. And all that's left is just these losers who are good at p- politics because the people that can stick around during a stacked ranking uh, type of of uh, employment uh, model, they just really charming. You know, they get really nice. Everybody likes them. They're useless. So, and so that's <clears throat> NBC right now. So Mark Benz, uh, Mark Benz was my dad's neighbor when he was growing up. Marky Benz, we used to call him. I mean, he used to call him because, of course, now Mark is in his, uh, you know, his 70s. And Marky Benz, from time to time, if I'm visiting Uncle Don, he'll still come over and visit. And he was an inventor um, at GE. He, uh, he, what did he, he had something to do with, <clears throat> I think it was something with methane or, well, he, he had several patents where he invented several things. And he got screwed out of everything, he says, directly by Jack Welch. They took all the money, all the credit, all the patents, all the rights, and he got screwed on everything. You know, he says, like, Jack Welch is the biggest a-hole in the world. I should talk to Marky Benz. Yeah, you should. You I mean, should talk to him. Uh, I think, I, 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 just off the top of my head, I agree with that thesis. Yeah. I never th- thought much of Jack Welch. And then, when, of course, when his own company, because he created the monster... Yeah. When his own company, when he retired, Welch expected to get you know a free plane for the rest of his life and some a lot of and a big bonus because he didn't have a lot of stock and he was expecting to get a big pension and and the and the and the permanent free airplane that he wouldn't have to pay taxes on because yeah. a company plane yeah. and they pulled the plug from all that crap with, with one board meeting they he'd actually <laughs> created the environment that would screw him yeah. Which I think was the great irony. And so Welch is actually has to write books now for a living, and he seems like just a douche. His wife is pretty smoking hot. His current one. Well, good for him. Yeah. No, hey, hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Anyway, so that was very obvious, and that's why everyone's angry, not because Dennis Rodman got to go to – I mean, Eric Schmidt went to Korea – you think he didn't – I mean, he just didn't, you know, didn't do a – didn't do a hash under a glass – but, he, you know, do you think he just stayed in his hotel room? No. You know, but that's like, that's a real mission. You know, and this is just promotion for a Celebrity Apprentice, which also, by the way, includes Gary Busey, who Kim Jong-un would have no, he doesn't want that guy anywhere near his Bordeaux collection. That <laughs> Busey, man, he just eat everything. No, 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 drink it. No, we don't want that. So Dennis Robin was the obvious guy. And that's what it, that's what it was. And that's why everyone's angry. Uh, and that, and of course, it was misplayed. Trump sent the wrong guy because Rodman is dumb. I mean, I like him and everything, but he's dumb. He, does, he doesn't know how to promote. 
No, he is dumb. Like, yeah, man. Uh, 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 yeah, what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, he's always mumbling. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then of course, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, we continue into the uh, depths of the sequestration, and as we prepare for complete Armageddon, we now are living the mac and cheese life. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese. Hey now, the Jeff Smith. <laughs> You like it? Very good. Very good. That I like it. Snappy. Sir, snappy. Sir Jeff Smith checks in once again with, uh, with the jingle, as expected. Play it. Play yeah. it again. Okay. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese. That's right. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. So we got a couple stories, first of all. Kraft should give him some cash right now to say, <laughs> pull that thing from the No Agenda show. We'll use it. <laughs> Send him some Bitcoin. <laughs> Thank you to producer Ryan, who did a Google Trends analysis, which uh, will be linked in the show notes, 493.nashownotes.com. Very interesting, John, that the term mac and cheese uh, really didn't start popping until, uh, interestingly enough, 2008. This is exactly when, in November 2007, which is pretty much the uh, election for President Obama. I hate to correlate it, but... And it is a trend line that has gone up consistently with some some peaks and valleys. We had a big uh, peak, November two thousand ten. So I guess it, I guess it it comes around election time, and then November. Oh yeah, it is November two thousand eleven. Big spike in mac and cheese, and now the last spike was November two thousand twelve. So let me go back. Wow, mac and cheese seems to spike every election. This is interesting. I didn't even realize this. Here, November 2005, November 2006, November 2007. But big spikes now. Now we're really ramping up. No, we're on a mac and cheese world. We are We're on a mac and cheese tra- gravy train. Uh, and uh, someone dug up a couple. Well, actually, there's a couple, uh, you know, a couple uh, interesting stories. There is a uh, two food bloggers have are waging war on craft. And it's kind of funny, you know, it's how well, it's not funny. It's it's really sad. Um, these are the hundred days of real food dot com. Lisa, uh, Lisa, and uh, who's the other one? Well, Lisa is uh, waging war on Kraft for their macaroni and cheese. We are petitioning Kraft to remove all artificial food dyes from their line of macaroni and cheese products. Yes, artificial food dyes. Apparently, uh, Kraft uses yellow number six, I think, to make that fake cheese, <laughs> fake chemical cheese, look so scrumptious. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And uh, here it is. U.S. version of mac and cheese has yellow number five and yellow number six. But the U.K. version does not contain any artificial food dye of the Kraft cheesy pasta. Because they don't call it mac and cheese over there. They call it cheesy pasta. I think it's a better name. Cheesy pasta? Well, it's it's classier. Cheesy. It's classier. Very classy. It's cheesy. Yeah. It's cheese. Cheese. But this is a video. Hold on a second. You want, should we play this video? Let's see if they have something to say. Uh, might as well. Yeah, might as well do it, right? Let's see. Hi there. I'm Lisa Leaf with 100daysofrealfood.com. And I'm Bonnie Hari with foodbabe.com. Okay, first of all, food babe. Good name, Food Babe. Both uh, brunettes, by the way. 
And we're here to tell you about an important petition that we're starting to ask Kraft to remove all artificial food dyes from their entire line of macaroni and cheese products. We found out that Kraft is using two ingredients in their U.S. version of mac and cheese, <laughs> yellow number five and yellow number six, but they're not using it overseas in their other products. And we think this is an important issue to tackle because Kraft... Oh, brother. How about the fact that you're serving your kids mac and cheese? From Kraft. <laughs> From Kraft. That's what you need to be talking about. Like, we want to serve something healthy to our kids. We don't want the food But dye. we don't want those dyes in it. <laughs> anyway, Pat Robertson on that 700 Club uh, uh, finds out that this is actually a, as he calls it, a black thing. As Condoleezza Rice was interviewed by uh, one of his uh, uh, parishioners on the show, and uh, and she's going on about mac and cheese at Christmas. One thing at Thanksgiving you just have to have. I'm sorry, Thanksgiving. It's mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Sister, that is my dish. That yes. is the one thing that yes. I can rock. But only once, once a year. Good interview, Christy. Thank Congratulations. you, Pat. What, what is this mac and cheese? Is that a black thing? <laughs> it is a black thing, Pat. It, it is. is a black Listen, and you guys, other people, other, the world needs to get on board with macaroni and cheese. Seriously, I just... Okay, Christmas and Thanksgiving, we have to have macaroni and cheese, and it just it trips me out that you don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't, and I have never. There you go. It's a black thing, according to, according to the black woman who's there, but it's not a black thing. It's bull crap. It's mac, it's mac and cheese. It's mac it's and a, cheese. It's, it's, a, it's a depression food that people are eating because they can't afford anything else, and a buck box of mac and cheese is disgusting. Living. Mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac, Mac and, and cheese. cheese. Mac and cheese. Now, so, so there's a petition. They have it on change.org. <laughs> oh, really? These women get should get it. You mean change.gov, you mean? Is there, she, is there a White House petition? No, there's change.org. Oh. It's another, it's a phony baloney. It's oh. different. Oh. Check it out, change.org. No, I know what change.org is. I didn't I didn't think that change.org would stoop to our level of mac and cheese. They got 51,000 people who are supporting the mac and cheese petition. <laughs> I, I call that potential customers. The, oh, no, I take it back. It's half that many. They need 51603. Uh, Why? Because I, I never mind. I just I don't care. I don't How, care. No. Well, we do care. We're tracking the mac and cheese trend. Uh, you identified it. Is your fault? It is my fault, and I feel bad now. No, it's okay. Well, uh, but now that we have a jingle, it'll be around for a while. So we have a new development in the Department of Homeland Security. New development. Stop the presses. <laughs> okay. You can now bring a pen knife. Yes. On yeah. board the plane. Yes. And I have a little report here that was so slanted that they didn't even bother balancing it. It's just that this whole idea is terrible. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. But wasn't it always a problem to bring a, any sort of knife on board a plane before 9/11? Yes. Yeah. That you could not bring a pocket knife. You could get it through. It could. You could get lucky. Where it could get through, but, yeah, but uh, you weren't supposed to do it. So, so somehow no. now it's okay. I don't know why. Oh, I but do. I think it's just to cause a. I, I think this report, which is I believe slanted for a purpose, and I think this was on the Today Show. No. Um, I th I think I know why, but I've, you know, I'll, I'll okay, withhold well, I'm judgment. Okay, well, I'm probably on the same boat with you. I think this is to create 
jobs. incident so they can crack down harder. And the fact that people – I think if I went out there and started talking to people about this, half of them would say, yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me. I don't carry a knife anyway or I don't think it's a big deal. You can get people to say that and you can get people to say, oh, this is a terrible idea. We're all going to die. Uh, but you don't – if you're going to do any kind of journalism whatsoever, especially with a stupid story like this, you do. it's not that hard to balance the story. This is completely slanted in a way that made me very suspicious. Another big story we're following this – Big story. Morning, a major change coming big if you fly, and it's stirring up a lot of controversy. Starting next month, for the first time since 9-11, passengers will be allowed to carry some knives onto flights. Okay, so the, it, it, you're right. That's a lie. It's not uh, It's not the first time. You could not carry a knife on board. Not, the, not that I can remember, at least. NBC's justice correspondent Pete Williams is at Reagan – Even scissors was a problem. National Airport. Pete, good morning. Reagan National pretty much shut down right now, Matt. But the TSA says the whole idea here is to avoid hassles for the millions of Americans who carry pocket knives and for its screeners freed from having to search for small knives and other carry-on items that cannot bring down a plane. And it says with hardened cockpit doors, knives are less of a threat. It's been in place for more than a decade, the strict airline security rule that forbids passengers to carry knives on board with them. But that's about to change. TSA says it's part of an effort to focus the attention of screeners on the most serious threats. We are trying to focus on the highest risks, that being the non-metallic improvised explosive devices. Um, and we don't want these small um, knives, pocket knives, or the sporting equipment to be a distraction. The change also brings the U.S. in line with international security rules, allowing knives that have blades up to six centimeters long. Beginning next month, passengers can carry on knives with folding blades no longer than about two and a third inches. That's six centimeters and no wider than half an inch. Knives with blades that are fixed or that lock into place or have molded handles will still be banned. Same for box cutters and razor blades, still banned. Passengers will be allowed to carry on a hockey or lacrosse stick, a pool cue, ski poles, and up to two golf clubs, another change in line with the international standards. Some 35 million Americans carry a pocket knife, but early reaction we sampled was negative. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know why they would allow people to carry knives on the plane. I mean, it's just ridiculous to me. But representatives of flight attendants say the move increases the risk to them. We believe this is a slippery slope. What, what will be the next weapon that can come on board? Oh, I bet um, um, water bottles! We're there to protect and serve passengers. And also ourselves. <laughs> and we don't want to see weapons unnecessarily introduced on board the aircraft. Oh. Wait a minute. Um, uh, flight attendants are there to protect and serve? Would you, would you wear a badge? Here's, here's a couple <clears> of <throat> interesting things right. on this clip. I know what this is about. This is bull crap. Now, one of them was the way they use the, uh, you know, you're supposed to do a kind of a balanced report. Yeah. So you had, I hate this idea. I hate this idea. I hate this idea. And then he used the word but. <laughs> the, the, right, and then uh, it was however, I hate the idea. Yeah, yeah. So it goes like this: Well, they don't like they like the idea. I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea. But the airline attendants don't like the idea. Right. It Wait, makes makes why you, would you <laughs> use the word but makes you sound makes it sound like there's a balanced report, but it's basically the same side. Yeah. Yeah. So I the, thought that was genius. So Second, I got. No, go ahead, I'm, so, no, I'm sorry. The other thing is, don't you? I love the way they slipped in the IED. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I heard it. Non-metallic, non-metallic IED. No, this is all and a part of that. The other thing is, why would anyone want to bring two golf clubs? 
<laughs> well, you need, What's the point of that? Well, you need your putter and you need your wedge on, on board. <laughs> you can bring two golf clubs. <laughs> That's a very good question. I had uh, a similar report from a drunk Diane. I have lots of drunk Diane for some reason, who, by the way, looks like a movie star. Yeah. I mean, she just, I mean, she just, I mean, isn't she, when, work done. John, isn't that, I mean, I know you love your wife and everything, but I mean, you'd run away with Diane Sawyer, wouldn't you? I think if you saw her close up, you might think differently. Oh, okay. Well. She had a lot of work done. You know how it is when you see, the, they look great on the screen and then you see them, it's like they've got carving <laughs> marks all over their face. It's <laughs> like, have you ever, have you ever seen Nicole Kidman? Next time you see Nicole Kidman, uh, notice that when she talks, her eyebrows don't move. And her, and her forehead, of course, is completely flat because she's had so much Botox. She, that's why she, she doesn't get any roles. She can't act. She has no expression. No, she's, she's, she screwed herself by getting yeah. the Botox. And it's it takes forever to get rid of some people. It can. And you also can't emote well. You know, there was that study. We had it on the show. We played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. people who get all Botoxed up, they lose the ability to actually be emotional if yeah. they can't express the emotion. And you become like a zombie. Exactly. Yeah. So um, at the end, Dinosaur, of the- by the way, sixty-seven. She's five nine, so she's probably she's married to Mike Nichols. Uh, Who's that? Who's that? He's a famous uh, director and used to be was uh, once a stand-up comic. He did Catch Twenty Two and some other movies. But she, if you look at her pictures, there's no way she's sixty-seven without a lot of work. She had a neck job, obviously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, deconstruct Diane Sawyer's look for us. Well, she had a neck job. What else? She had an eye job. She's had a neck job. Boob job. Uh, boob job. Have, I don't know. She may have Botox her, her forehead. That's pretty common. Uh, she's been work done. I like her because she's sloshed. <laughs> she is sloshed all the time. <laughs> she goes, uh, I, I, I really like her for that. Well, here she is. And at the end of this report, I think, is the, the true reason <clears throat> behind, you know, besides slipping in the IED meme, which, of course, we identified here. Um, there's something else. And here. a big change to tell you about. Today. A big change. Did you hear that, John? Say, play it again. It's a, it's a big change. And a big change to tell you about tonight. <laughs> and a big change. To, uh, tell, where's Newt? <laughs> big change because Newt, Newt has... No, give me, stop, give me the bottle, Newt. And a big change to tell you about tonight, about to take place for American travelers heading towards security at the airport. For the first time since 9-11, the TSA is allowing some knives on board. An announcement greeted with confusion and outrage by flight attendants. ABC's David Curley has our story. The things people try to carry on a plane may boggle your mind. But tonight, after more... That was a taser, by the way. They showed a taser. ...than a decade of confiscating tens of millions of pocket knives, the TSA says it's time for a change. You can now carry a small knife on board. We know that these small little items are unlikely to be used again to uh, try and hijack an aircraft. In a month and a half, you'll be allowed to carry a folding knife if the blade is less than 2.36 inches long and a half inch wide. Golfers will be able to carry on two clubs, and hockey, lacrosse, and pool players can board with their sticks. Razor blades and box cutters, like those used by the hijackers on 9-11, will still be banned. Not every flight has an air marshal on board who is trained to deal with knife-wielding passengers. 
Which is why the flight attendants are angry tonight, saying they and their passengers will now be at risk. Having knives on board is a horrible decision, and we're incredibly disappointed in the TSA for allowing weapons on board an aircraft. And by the way, is the TSA, they, they just make, they're allowed to decide this? A bunch of yahoos? They have that right? I thought this was all congressional. TSA says the change will allow officers to concentrate on more serious threats, explosives. They find some of those, everything from mortar rounds to fuses <laughs> and guns. Every day, four guns are found at U.S. checkpoints, and on average, three of them are loaded. Stand by. Diane, every month at each of our 20 biggest airports, they collect about 850 pounds of confiscated goods. About half of that, more than 400 pounds, are these small knives and other larger knives as well. They hope these changes will help these lines move a little quicker. Now, that, of course, is what it's about. Because, you know, now it's going to be every single pocket knife, every golf club, every bat, every hockey stick will have to be measured. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nightmare. Because not just like, oh, sorry, you can't take that, toss it in the bin, or you know you can throw it out yourself. They're going to have to measure it. Let's see the blade. Is it a locking blade? Does it have a molded handle? Because it can't have a molded handle, you see. That's what this is about. This is about more work, more TSA personnel. It's bull crap. And a report from the front, ladies and gentlemen, after we reported that uh, you can simply avoid the slave scanner and get to the magnetometer, we now have seven reports. Six reports of people who went up to the TSA employee and said, I'm sorry, I have a medical condition. I can't lift my arms above my, above my head. Six of those were sent through the magnetometer. No pat-down, no slave scanner. One received a pat-down, but on his way back, he did the same trick again, and he got passed right through. And I've got some more inside info. Uh, Adam, this is from uh, one of our producers, confirmed with a friend of mine who's banging a TSA manager. <laughs> Hell. We love our, our, our <laughs> Hell, she told him to do it. The arm thing, not the banging. Uh, they apparently make you show that you can't raise your arms, but then they just send you through the junior slave scanner, which is the magnetometer. And I got a note from Michael Brown, former DHS undersecretary. An email. <clears throat> Adam, listening to Thursday, Thursday night's No Agenda, I heard you talk about avoiding the full body scanners at airports. Just a heads up, this does work. Well, I haven't made a big deal of it on my radio program. Uh, TSA will start requiring medical certificates or some other nonsense. I do routine, routinely avoid the opt-out by simply telling the ID checker I can't raise my arm above my shoulder. Every time I'm directed to the magnetometer instead of the full body scanner. And I checked this guy out. He was indeed. Michael Brown was, was the Undersecretary of Homeland Security uh, for Bush. Did he want you outing him? Well, he, well, he has a radio show. Oh, I guess. I'm sorry, you're right. That's because I mean, you know because here's how it works. Yeah, well, he, everybody has a radio show now. What's he doing on the radio? Because he's he's telling the secrets, and like there's no political career for him. But you don't see Lucy Napolitano promoting him. No, no he's not. It's because he's not a woman. <laughs> no, well, there's that, but also because you know he's he decided to tell the truth, and then it's like, oh well, we can't have you around, douche. Can't have you. <laughs> All right, I got, I got one thing before we go to break here, which is really bugging me. We've talked about these jabronis, the SPLC, and, and we, I think it was inconclusive. The Southern Poverty Law Center. 
Yeah, you really have a distrust. yeah. I got I got a, I got a real distrust for these guys. What do you know about the Southern poverty? I mean, what kind of name is that? The Southern. It's a great name, actually. I should say, as, as a New World Order speak, Southern Poverty Law Center. Is poverty like for poor people? Like it serves poor of the South? What does it? What does that name mean? Well, it began as an organization in the South. This, this is what I remember from. A, they used to be very famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do the Book of Knowledge uh, search to get the history. But they did the. Uh, they did a couple of interesting lawsuits. Uh, I think around the, the 1980s or 70s or something. They were founded in 1971, so it had to be like between then and uh, probably 80, maybe the late 70s. They they managed to do some suits against these uh, skinhead type groups, radical. Uh, right, right. They're really targeting. It's yeah. a real target. Yeah. They did some lawsuits where they found a guy writing. Uh, you get a kick out of this. A manifesto. Writing something like a manifesto that was <laughs> that that somebody was part of the clique, and then he went and killed somebody, and then the, it turned out that you could sue in some convoluted way the entire organization because of the manifesto, and that they were in creating the situation that caused somebody to die based on you know some just like you know how a, a helper to a murder you know you have to be standing you'd be the guy driving the car when the guy shoots somebody. Um, to, and it, it managed to put a bunch of these organizations completely out of business. And huh. so the guy, the main guy there, who's been on TV a lot, I can't think of his name, became very famous for this sort of thing. Uh, Richard, J. Richard Cohen? I don't know. No, I don't think He's the Cohen. CEO? The CEO? Uh, I think it's somebody else. He was oh, one of the okay. lawyers. All right. Anyway, go on with your thoughts on this. I okay, mean, I, well, I'm, well, because I'm, so I'm always watching these guys because I hear them on NPR. They're like the go-to for racial hate. They're like the go-to whenever there's racial hate, and there's a lot of that being incited recently, a lot of it being talked about, then there's always someone from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Like, they are the go-to for mainstream media. And uh, so they sent, they have a report, a new report, and they sent a letter to uh, Attorney General uh, Eric uh, Holder and uh, DHS Secretary Lucy Napolitano and, you know, they have a Mor- whole... I'm sorry, sorry. Morris Dees is the famous that's guy. That's the guy? Yeah. And, uh, and so this report is about hate and hate groups. And uh, you know, he starts off by, dear... Uh, hey, Eric and Janet. On October 25th, 1994, six months before the Oklahoma City bombing, we wrote Attorney General Janet Reno about the growing threat of domestic terrorism. So th- that line by itself... And I, by the way, I don't think it was ever called domestic terrorism... Certainly not at that point in time. But right there, what he's saying is, we called it. We had the red book on the Oklahoma City bombing six months ahead of time. So what I'm about to tell you is very, very important. In fact, the second line is, today, we write to express similar concerns. So he's talking about hate. But what's interesting is in this, uh, he, uh, he there's a video on his website, but he says the exact same thing, uh, I think, with uh, uh, a pooper show, but it's it's not pooper. It's uh, like some fill-in, like that financial guy is filling in, the idiot. And um, he says the same, he has the same rap. And I, and I, I just wanted to play this because it, so much is so wrong and so much of it is essentially saying that you and I, John, you, John C. Charles Dvorak and Adam C. Clark Curry, 
could be deemed by the Southern Poverty Law Center as not only domestic homegrown terrorists, but we hate black people, too, because it's the same thing, you see. You understand? Are you following me? You hear me? Are they, or, so they're trying to. So they're doing a connection. Uh, they're doing a connection between propaganda trick, hate trick. for the president because he's black. Oh right, the president's black. Yeah, I noticed. And of course, if you are against the government, then you're a racist. Yeah, you're a racist. Yeah. Our fifth story out front: the rise of hate in America. So remember, it's hate, and it's hate, and they keep talking about KKK and hate against the black man. But it's not really even about that at all. They're just making it an. It's very tricky, and I want you to specifically listen for this, John. How they're making that connection without really even talking. This there's no racial conversation here. It's all about hate for the government, but that means you hate the black man. Oberlin College in Ohio suspended classes this week after a student reported seeing someone dressed in Ku Klux Klan robes. <laughs> By the way, it turned out to be not true. This is just a setup, which is disgusting as a setup for a new story. It follows a string of recent hate incidents on campus. Now, last August, a 40-year-old ex-soldier turned white supremacist rocker shot up rocker a Sikh temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, killing six people. You'll remember that. Hate crime. A few weeks later, a group of Georgia men was linked to an anti-government plot to assassinate President Obama. And it's all part of what the Southern Poverty Law Center says is a disturbing trend. The group's new study says the number of anti-government groups is at an all-time high, and many are driven by their fear that the government will strip them of their rights. But the study's findings, do they add up? Out front tonight, Mark Potok is the author and uh, of the report and a senior fellow at the Southern Poverty Law Center. A senior fellow. It's not a university. I, I, we got to have these titles, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going to be the senior fellow of the No Agenda show. I'm Adam Curry, senior fellow of the No Agenda community. Senior fellow at the Southern, it's it's a it's a five hundred one three C corporation. It's a non senior fellow. What a bull crap! Thing. Michael Medved is a conservative commentator for Salem Radio, and John Avalon is a CNN contributor and the author of uh, Wingnuts: How the Lunatic Fringe is Hijacking America, which is a suitable title for our discussion tonight. Thank. Whoa. That this is going to be pretty balanced, don't you think? <laughs> my, and what's my Michael Medved is funny because now after you play this clip, I have a clip to follow. Okay, this good, way. good, good, good. To all of you, Mark, let me start with you. You're the author of the report. Uh, it's it focuses on so-called patriot groups, which you describe as conspiracy-minded, anti-government, and on the radical right. Now, back in two. Okay, now, hold on a second. I just want you to know. Sorry, chat room. You might as well go home. That's you. All right, it's everybody who listens to this show. You, and, and so we went from killing Sikhs as white rockers and uh, plotting to kill the president to now your patriot group. This is a very, this is very, this is really, really interesting. What's happening? You, and, you know, the word patriot. It's almost like changing the word gay. You know, gay meant something else. Now it means homosexual. Patriot meant you were a fucking patriot. Now it means you're anti the government. And you are a racist. 2012, that was what the study uh, counted. Uh, you looked at 1,360 so-called patriot groups on the radical right, an increase of 813% since 2008. Uh, notice this, 813% since 2008. Right before President Obama oh. took office. But lots of questions are coming up today, uh, Mark, about how you define these groups. Give me some sense of how you define these patriot uh, extremist uh, right-wing groups. Okay, patriot extremist right, white ring, white, right wing groups who hate the black man and hate the government. You ready, John? Do you have your pen? Because we got to write all these things down. 
Sure, Ellie. Uh, what the sure. groups are are the very same groups that we all used to call the militia groups back in the 1990s. Uh. Uh, they more normally describe themselves as patriot organizations uh, or Christian patriot organizations. Oh. You know, essentially what holds these groups together, what kind of makes them a movement, uh, is that they all subscribe to a conspiracy theory which goes more or less as follows. <laughs> come on, John, give it a guess. Come on, come on, give it a guess. Uh, well, <laughs> give it a guess. Yeah, he has to either be the New World Order. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Or uh, the yeah. Agenda Twenty One might stop, be. In stop, stop, stop! You're already there. You, you already would jump to the end. It's perfect, but he builds it up. Uh, they believe that the federal government uh, has a secret plan to impose martial law in this country. Well, yeah. Yeah, we just read about it. We just it, It's called the change of contingency operations, the definition, yes. Uh, very likely with the aid of foreign troops, perhaps U.N. blue helmets. Well, we seem to be doing it everywhere else. Uh, that the government will then come in and take all guns away from all American citizens. Uh, yeah, kind of happening. Uh, those who <laughs> resist will be thrown into concentration camps that either are now being built or already have been built. Oh, gee, what is these, the internment camps we've been reading about that turns out as the 2010 memo becomes available that that is actually true? Uh, by FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, and ultimately, the United States will be forced into some kind of one-world socialistic government, what's often called the New World. Right. And there we have it. <laughs> and, of course, we hate the black man. Uh, that's really what ties yeah, these groups together. How does the black man come into play? Well, nothing. It has nothing to do with it at all. But if you got to go to the website, splcenter.org, because they have an interactive Google map of all of the hate groups. Now, you'll be maybe surprised to find that you'd think that Texas would have the most hate groups of all. But no, California has the most hate groups. And and they've listed them. They've categorized them. You so gotta, I got to check that let out. Me, let me give you some names. American Patrol, Voice of Citizens Together. That is a, a hate group. Uh, Bare Naked Islam. That is a hate group. Chick Publications, a hate group. Christian Guardians. Countercurrents Publishing. The Creative Alliance. Crew 38, um, Escaping Islam, DefendStudents.org. I mean, really? These are hate groups? I mean, please. National Socialist American Labor Party, Official Street Preachers, Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That'd be funny if that showed up. Orange County Skins, Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. Come on, these are not hate groups. And and and, above, and on the top of this page, they've got like a guy with a swastika flag and a German helmet doing a Heil Hitler. Come on, people! This is crazy. And if anything, I'm disappointed that no agenda didn't make it. Every idiot is on this list, and we didn't even make it on the list. Come on, that's lame. Let me check Texas for a second. But I mean, seriously, this is this is no agenda. This is the oh. The Creativity Alliance. Lovers, not haters. The Creativity Alliance. Faith and Heritage. First Century Christian Ministries. Again, Lone Star United. These are all hate groups, okay? Hate groups. Tom Brown Ministries. Is that a hate group, really? Is that a hate group? I don't know, man. Well, let's look up a couple of these. Give me that one that was on both lists. Okay, that is the... 
the creativity movement that's supposed to no, be an, not that no the the Christian was well, first Christian some or other first century Christian ministries type Christian identity is that a hate group now it's not a group it's a style yeah and that always has been a hate group um here it is overview of all the movements that have appeared among white racists in America Christian identity is surely one of the strongest. <laughs> Although nominally Christian, it owes little to even the most conservative of American Protestants. <laughs> I don't know, man. Conquer we must, for our cause is just. Oh, they have a slogan. Yay. So anyway, so uh, what they should have been doing, if they want to talk about hate and race, was this little ditty that I picked up from... Um, is he, uh, the Al oh, wait, hold on. I got a clip in here. Because oh, you had Michael Medved, I want to make this a little move a little closer. Right, move, move Play in. the Aaron. This is Aaron on Obama with Van Jones. Oh, Aaron Burnett. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you in a few minutes, Anderson. And now our fifth story out front: President Obama is lazy. These are the explosive comments made by Fox News Chief Roger Ailes. Oh, I get it. This is the black man is lazy. Is that what this is? Oh God. Vanity Fair just released an excerpt from Ailes' new biography in which he says, referring to a comment someone made about Ann Romney, Obama's the one who never worked a day in his life. He never earned a penny that wasn't public money. How many fundraisers does he attend every week? How often does he play basketball and golf? I wish I had that kind of time. He's lazy. <laughs> but the media won't report that. I didn't come up with that. Obama said that to Barbara Walters. All right, he, he did, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But the question is, are those comments racially charged or just frank talk? Michael Medved is a conservative commentator on Salem Radio and Van Jones is, C is a CNN contributor. Van, racial? Very, uh, very. I First of all, I just want to say, I worked with this president. I worked for him. He kicked you out. Very, very racially. There's a racist commentary. Of course, now play Obama says lazy clip, and then that resolves it, it seems. What's the trait you most deplore in yourself and the trait you most deplore in others? Laziness. <laughs> You're lazy? You know, it's interesting. There is a deep down underneath all the work I do. I think there's a laziness in me. Wow. <laughs> So Obama's a racist. <laughs> He's a racist. Well, so here's what the, so th this will close. This will bring the whole thing to closure. The No Agenda Show, which also is known as the best podcast in the universe, always tries to bring you a little a bit of balance. Okay, a little bit of balance to the entire scene of uh, information and disinformation that is being pumped into your veins through mainstream um, syringes. And they do prick you. They do prick you. You can't always stay away from it. This is from the Al Sharpton radio show. Now, Al Sharpton, of course, is the uh, African-American preacher uh, who uh, is very tiny, has a big head, and he's on MSNBC, and he's always talking about how uh, everyone hates the black president in the White House. Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, that's his basic theme. Right. So he has on a guy, Earl Ofari Hutchinson, who I don't know who he is, but I just want to make sure you know that he, he's the guy talking. And he came up with some very uh, interesting statistics from Gallup, not from, you know, that's a Gallup poll, um, that he was stunned, shocked, 
could not believe it. We know a few things about the NRA in terms of their overall makeup, even though they say they don't keep any statistics, any figures uh, on race or ethnicity. Their whole thing is, if you believe in the Second Amendment, you want to protect gun ownership and uh, the rights of gun owners, that's all we ask in terms of being a member, a bona fide member of the NRA. However, a um, couple of things, Reverend Al. One thing, actually, I was surprised to find Typically, when you think of the NRA, you typically think of basically a bunch of, you know, conservative white guys that pretty much run the outfit. But, uh, and also when you think of gun owners in America, gun ownership in America, you tend to think basically kind of rural, southern, uh, white male. But Now, think about that for a second. Is that not exactly what you think, John? Is that exactly what we have been taught to think? It's what, what we've been taught to think. Yeah, like the the NRA, people who want guns, bunch of middle-aged, southern white guys hanging out of their guns and their Bibles and my AR-15. Right, shooting squirrels. Shooting squirrels and any kind of cans. Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, any cans I can get my hands on. So what I was stunned to find stunned. looking at a poll from Gallup when they looked at gun ownership uh, as of 2011 – 45%, and this is what really caught my eye, 45% of uh, gun owners in America are non-white. And even more uh, interesting, almost 30%, we're talking about legally owning guns, 30% of gun owners in America are African American. There's no real conflict. There you go. 30% of guns owned legally in America are African Americans. 45%, almost half of all guns owned are by non-whites. Well, Interesting. Have it. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Hello, slaves. HRH here. I've been listening to this tremendously good No Agenda podcast thingy, and I'm here to ask you to help these two American chappies continue their fight against this new world order debacle. I am very happy with the old world order. Thank you very much. To help them, you can go onto the interweb to dvorak.org slash na and donate any spare gold or silver that you might have lying around. So, in the morning to you all, yay! And shut up, it's science already. Whatever that means. Right, I'm off to shoot some peasants. There you have it. HRH. Mixing it up, helping us into our donation segment. So, hit the donation segment. <laughs> I thought we'd do something different for a change, but okay. Show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. like the idea of that, that clip, but I thought it was going to lead to that clip because that's really the clip that says, okay, we're taking a break to the donations. I know, but I thought I'd mix it up and then, you yeah, know. It was hard for me to get, you know, it's got like a little music, you know, I'm lively, you know, I can get... I, 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 I made a mistake. People. I like made a Matthew mistake. Matthew Frescura, who's a new uh, donor from Orlando, Florida, is one, two, three, four, five. Uh, dear Statler and Waldorf, thanks for the best podcast in the universe. He wants a jobs, 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 and karma for us. He's starting a new job on Thursday. Jobs. Jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Also a newbie is Duncan Martin in Canyon County, California, uh, 100. Uh, hi, guys. I've been listening to the show a few weeks. You guys are great. Decided to add value for value. Uh, I'd like to add a further value by providing a science lesson. 
Oh. Listen to that. We're going to get a lesson. We're going to get a lesson. All right. On yeah. the last show, John implied that high fructose corn syrup is not real sugar. In fact, so obviously he's not listened to the long, arduous stuff. In fact, he apparently didn't pay any attention to last uh, year's <laughs> At FDA all. decision that they can't even use the word corn sugar because according to the FDA, high fructose corn syrup is not sugar. But okay, we'll, we'll forget that. Uh, it's not real sugar. In fact, sugar is the generalized name for a class of chemically related sweet flavored substances, one of which is fructose. Fructose is found in many fruits and vegetables. Furthermore, sucrose, common table sugar, breaks down into fructose and glucose. So it leaves, the, you know, goes on. We've heard this a million times. Is HFC bad for you? Probably, yes. But don't say it isn't real sugar. Well, yeah, it's not real. But I'll tell you what, from now on, Duncan. You take your sugar bowl and fill it with this goop and put it on the table for people and and then, then give them the lecture. I say, hey, that's sugar. No, but that's it's like sugar. Goop. That's goop. No, that's sugar. <laughs> High fructose corn syrup, I will remind you, uh, was created uh, and put into practice to fatten up uh, cows. Am I am I not correct that that's what they I don't know that's that. what they use it for? And they said, hey. This, this is sugar. Let's let's give it to our slaves. <laughs> so he wants to shut up at science appropriately uh -huh. and a minimum wage uh, karma shot. Uh -huh. Shut up already! It's science. Minimum wage. Yeah! You've got karma. That <laughs> okay, combination. Uh, Tony Sprague and Grand Blanc, the big white in Michigan, ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, uh, we should. I, I can do that one. We should do a niner, 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 niner. Uh, sorry nine, for being nine, 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 nine. Yeah, nine. I don't know. It's uh, something. Uh, nine, 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 nine. There we go. Sorry. Uh, Grant, uh, Tony Sprague and Grand Blank, Michigan nuts. Hey Abbott and Costello, give me the old-fashioned niner, niner, niner. My birthday present to me is a donation to you. Please put me on the March seventh. Yeah, you're on the list. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. He wants a ringtone of Hey Citizen, two to the head squirrel. A ringtone? All right. Be quiet. You got to be quiet then, okay? Let me do this. Hey Citizen. Squirrel. Good ringtone. It might be good. I, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Ian <laughs> Prentice, Montreal, Quebec, 8307. Here's my donation to help John practice saying Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually messed it up. Good one. Yeah, you give I, him a uh, karma. I need to practice more. He wants some karma. Yeah, give him some karma. <laughs> You've got yeah. karma. Send more so he can practice more. Carrie Russell in uh, Verona, K Kentucky, seventy-five. Brian Mancuso in Enfield. Oh, wait, it's not yet there yet. I'm sorry. I was. I jumped the gun. No, go hit it because now it starts. No, he is sixty-nine ninety-nine. Oh, see, so he is 69. Oh, well, you're right. Yeah. Brian Mancuso in Enfield, Connecticut. Let me be clear. My only motivation for donating is to support the best podcast in the universe. My donation also coincidentally earns my girlfriend some job karma. That would be spectacular. Apparently, no one in Connecticut hires or even calls back. Uh, or they call, or they don't call back uh, RNs fresh out of college. Maybe the whole situation would be my catalyst to move to DFW, Texas. All right, Brian. Let me. Uh, I'm going to hand out some RN candy striper hot milfy job karma. You've got karma. Some pictures. Maybe that's it. All right, here we go. 69, 69, dude. We are rocking through the segment Preston today. Schwartz <laughs> in parts unknown. Uh, hi, Andy and Jezza. 
a telegram-style note, 999 followed by Fiscal Cliff Scream, be ever vigilant, miss the Dutch lessons. Schwartz of the North. <laughs> what is it? Followed by Fiscal Cliff. All right, well, the 999 is really only supposed to be if you do 999. But... All right, there you go. Brian Williams in Streamwood, Illinois, uh, 69. Hey, he's in the wrong spot. How did that even happen? Because it sorts by by price. <laughs> That's weird. I maybe I don't know what it. I, maybe I don't know. Sixty nine ninety nine. Okay, but it says could be sixty nine sixty nine a typo. Craig in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, sixty nine sixty nine. Uh, just asked for job karma back in October to help my PhD research, but after a few months of deliberation, I'm leaving the program instead. Uh, it's an amicable parting, and I can still get a master. So maybe that's the karma at work. But I need a job by May, so he needs job karma. I'm asking for it here and hope to get a job where I can move back in with my beautiful girlfriend for more 69 times in my life and to hopefully turn her into a beautiful fiancé soon. Maybe she's listening. Yeah, Please aim to shot more carefully than my last one. Thanks for keeping me informed and entertained during the rough transitional period. I think the I think the mistake is Craig didn't send a picture of her. That's that usually helps the uh, the karma over to over. Yeah, it helps it find its way. You've got <laughs> karma. It's like the, it's like Mission Impossible. <laughs> it helps it find its way. Nice, Dvorak. <laughs> John Haller in Missoula, Montana, sixty nine sixty nine. My birthday's uh, the twelfth. I'll be sixty nine years old. Oh, Sixty nine on sixty nine sixty nine. Uh, you spoke about money laundering by large banks or drug dealers in the recent past. I was skeptical until I read at mathbabe.org that HSBC essentially pled guilty. And, yes, they paid a huge fine for that. Yeah, like I think we've reported on that extensively. Yeah. Extensively. The kick out of people who were <clears throat> skeptical about this bull crap that's going on around them. <laughs> the, the stuff that we at say. At the age that... of 69 yet. Yeah, anyway, you, but you should know we got your birthday set up. <clears throat> we do. We got you all set up. Uh, that, that closes yeah, that out our segment. 69! Yeah. 69, dude! Hey, but that's... Uh, hold on. This, this is... this. What happened to our segment? We're like... This is like nothing here. This is short. No, it's, it's, it, our show's dying. Missoula, Montana. 60, another one? What? One after the other? Hmm. Wait a minute. Let me look this over. That was John in Missoula, Montana. It's really weird on a spreadsheet to see this. And then Sam in Missoula, Montana. But this is Sam's awesome MILF wife, Ashley, sending in a happy 33rd birthday to my husband, Sam, who's also in Missoula, a huge fan. He's been a douchebag for too long. I'm borrowing his PayPal account to donate. <laughs> By the way, all lady listeners out there. This is a very, to, this is very get good. Get your, your spouse's PayPal account and send us some money. <laughs> It's a great gift. It's, it's a great gift. It's a fantastic. And and if you send us a picture, it helps. And by the way, it's not only a great gift, but it costs you nothing. That's right. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. She asked for it. Thank anyway, you. Thank Ashley. you, awesome, awesome MILF wife, Ashley. Yeah. And Sam, by the way, Sam gets a douchebag. Give him a douchebag no, call no, he's, no, he gets a de-douching, if anything. She, she, she didn't a, do anything. It was her. I'm giving him a de-douching because that's, that's what cool wives do. That's a real, that's a woman there. That's a real woman. Megan Trotsky, meanwhile, what a name. Romeoville, 
Illinois. Happy birthday to David Trotsky, uh, turning 44 on uh, March 6th. We love you, Dad. From Megan Rissa. Aw, that's so sweet. I'm still befuddled by this Missoula thing and mm-hmm. two listeners you guys should get together maybe maybe we turn the antenna that direction jeffrey gerlach in alamo california good old jeffrey is buying a house going for a loan need some karma big time yeah, right. i hear you my brother you've got you. karma <laughs> jay coldacini codacini in codacini in kennett square pennsylvania itm jabroni and andre First time donor, long time boner. Please accept this real monopoly instead of digital monopoly money. I would like to call out my boss, Bill, and my coworker, Mike, as douchebags. Yay. Douchebag. For hitting me in the mouth, but to my knowledge, neither have ever donated. However, Bill's father just passed away, so exclusively call out Mike as a douchebag. I don't know, too oh, late now. And give my condolences to Bill. Please uh-huh. give Mike a birthday shout out since he was turning 31. Okay, we want, he's on the list. And he wants a LGY karma. He says 6.3. <clears throat> what is 6.3 LG? I don't know what that is. Oh, I don't know. Yay! <laughs> You've got karma. I like it, though. Happy to hand it out? Brandon Rowles in Pontiac, Michigan, 50. Last year's sh- or last Sunday show was nothing short of divine. <laughs> Even though I'm living the American dream of just getting by on tuna a la king, I cannot continue being a douchebag after a quality show like that. <laughs> tuna a la king rocks the house. Jodeci, I'm guessing it's how it's pronounced. Yes. Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, call me Jodeci. I'm a female douchebag. Sorry about that. I enjoy the show and desperately need some house buying karma. Apparently, California is so awesome. There are now bidding wars starting at price at list price plus P. That's happened before. It's horrible. what? What does that mean? What does that mean? That means you put the you put the house up for forty five thousand. <laughs> if only. <laughs> what, what garage is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing it for. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Okay. You put the house up for forty five thousand, and normally under circumstances, especially well, recently for sure, if you come in and say I'm buying it for forty five thousand. They are usually supposed to sell it to you at forty five thousand uh, dollars. Oh, now they're saying we'll get back to you. No, generally speaking, you you bid forty on a house, ask for forty five, and then they do a deal and maybe you get it for forty two. So that's the way it normally goes in the housing market. But in the, in the case of the auction market, you go. Uh, I want I want to buy it for forty five thousand. Well, you and five other people we're going to auction it. Really. Starting at forty. What, what is is the is the housing market like? Where like all of a sudden it's great and we're now no longer in crisis. What happened to the mac and cheese life? In parts of California, San Francisco is a good example because of the. Uh, well, this is no, Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. That's what kind of gets me. It's home of corruption. Yeah, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what part of LA she's talking about. But apparently, some places, you know, you have to do go through this process, and <clears throat> it's always called overbidding. Hmm. So the place comes up at forty five thousand. You go. I, I'll give it forty eight. So well, okay. Well, we got one week, and we're going to make a decision. Somebody else. I give him fifty two. Hey, the fifty forty eight fifty two came in. You want to go higher? This is yeah. exactly how I want to sell my bitcoins. <laughs> All right, Joe to see live in the bitcoin. That's Joe to see with a Y, by the way, not with an I, which is the I think the girl group jodeci from the 90s so i'm gonna give you a little bit of house buying karma to see if we can get the even you've so got karma i'm like chuck willery uh, do we have some house buying karma
Christopher Walker in Green Bay, Wisconsin. 50 Admospheres in Davenport, Iowa. Great little place, by the way. Keep the clips, crips, and crips and drips coming. Your insights are gradually appreciated, <laughs> gradually, <laughs> by the resident slaves out here in Gitmo Nation. I owe Mr. Oil a teaser clip to promote the Common Sense Revisited Show. Heard blah, blah, blah. Todd. Now, hold on. A blah, blah, blah. Heard sort of live on the No Agenda stream Saturdays from 1 to 3 Central Time. Don't blah, blah, uh, blah Brett, his plug. You, now, you're, now you're like uh, Kevin. Brett, Brett, who's Kevin? Kevin. Brett the, Farrell, Oklahoma City, 50. And finally, Mac Harbor, LLC, 50 in Sheboygan, Michigan. And I want to talk about these donations being off uh, to an extreme this year. And I, sorry, normally we always get more donation as time goes by, but I think we've peaked. And, I, and here's my concern. Uh, if you no, look no, stop for a second. I just want people to know this is John sent me a note last night, which I didn't get until this morning, which, you know, and I, and I think I even replied like, oh, thanks for some positive news in the morning, douche. So here's the thing. Last time, and this is including we had about 27 people that actually donated that we read in the these segments. Uh, everybody else on this on this list was either like a $2 subscription, a $4 subscription. We don't have that many subscribers, but we had enough to give us a total uh, base of <clears throat> donations of hundred or 202 people, which most, again, were just subscriptions Wait, that so, show up on spreadsheet. Right. So, so well, we it's, it's half, half of those are subscriptions of uh, ranging between $2 and I think there are some 33s, right? Actually, no, there's 27 out of that number that are not subscriptions. That's what I'm saying. It's like so you everything. Half. Oh, half uh, twenty-seven. Oh my God! So you're saying only ten percent is not a subscription? Yeah. Oh, but that's okay. not the point. The real point is last year at this time, mm -hmm. we had four hundred and seven of these entries and, in the exact same time period, and the segment we have was shorter. Half as many people <laughs> yeah. that give a shit this year than this time last year. That's what's concerning. Ah. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's messed up. 407 versus 202. Those are the, the numbers. So that's that, year over year, so we've gone down by... By 50%. 50%. Wow. Now, either people don't care or they, they got their, you know, they got their <sighs> subscription. We do have a, a few $4 a week subscribers, but I, when I say a few, I mean a few. We have 80 total. So that's like, you know, not what I'd call runaway success, that idea, I, even though I think it's the best way to go. I think that gets everybody, you know, clears. I think a lot of subscriptions have been lost. A lot of people have quit. Uh, I think we, I, I don't know what the total number of downloads is up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We have more listeners, but more it's, listeners. We have, that four, are, we have $44. 40. No, that, yeah, but this is. But that's, that's, one, that's per month. Hey, you know what? Your point is well made. No, I, I've done the math on okay. this. You, we, no, yeah. I, yeah, I haven't because I don't. I don't do this. I mean, I just. I, yeah. All right. So what's the? So what? Are, what are we going to do? I don't know. I'm just very disconcerting that this uh, this trend is. Uh, I'm going to keep checking this. I'll check it again next week with the exact same uh, download. Because uh, we have all our records that go all the way back. Yeah, but last but, year but, may have been the peak of the show. I mean, four years into it, uh, I'm, I think a I'm, lot of I'm worried. Don't anymore they say well these guys are kind of entertaining but you know i can do without it do you think it's that or do you think that, that we're not bitching enough or do we think that the well, link we do get more uh, more attention if we bitch 
Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know what? No, I know. that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the bitching. And yeah, actually, I've pulled back a lot on the bitching. I don't think I've bitched since uh, November. Because I remember the and last we have time. A lot of people, you know, that are just, you know, they, they, they're, you know. I wanted, to, by the way, I want everyone to, if they're, if you're on the newsletter, please whitelist us because there's a lot of spam filters that pull us out. I did a big. Uh, uh, I did some work with MailChimp. I was bitching about the fact that the, the delivery doctor program doesn't work very well. And right. so they turned me over to this woman named Ashley, and she says we have numerous people that are on this mailing. She went and did a whole analysis. I mean, this is like worth money. Hmm. A whole analysis of our mailing list. So you had, she, she named like, we have 300 people that that have been getting the mailing for the last three years, have not, never not once opened, opened it. it. Never even opened it. I know. Once. I know. Not once. She said, what is this Deadwood even doing on this list? You should get rid of these people. And there's a bunch of stuff like that going on. So we're rethinking how to do this. And, of course, then I went and gave a little speech with Leo at the, some conversions thing with a bunch of radio guys. And there's a number of guys. Oh, you know, you could you can change the show and get plenty of advertising. You get oh. enough. <laughs> who, yeah. who was saying this? Yeah, we can get plenty of advertising and then do what? Yes, that's the point. That's even Leo agrees with that. So we, we're in a, in, a, in a bind here. We have, like, less people that care. By fifty percent uh, than last year, and uh, I think the shows are just as good. I believe. The I think the shows are better than last year. They're going too long. They're going we, too long. I, you know, Shana Pepper's mama, who does the uh, uh, copyright, uh, she copy edits the newsletter. <clears throat> she's like, she's told me she was that uh, she's six weeks behind on the show because the shows are too long. Well, it's because a lot of these people listen to the whole show. And these shows are running three hours instead of the two to two and a half. So they can't keep up. And so they don't even know this is going on. They won't even know this complaint of mine right now for months. So uh, what do you suggest we do? I think we should have a hard stop. You think that's going to fix the problem? No, I don't. I think it's not going to hurt because I do think the show's running too long. It really goes on too long. It's just. I mean, we slipped to three hours somehow, and it, we have never retreated at all. We've kept we're pushing three ten. Yeah, but you think that's the reason why people are not donating? I I, I don't I don't see how those no, two no, correlate. I, I don't see the connection. But if they stop listening to the show because it's too long and they don't get to even hear the so donations, may, all right. So maybe we just need to stop at two hours then. Well, two hours would be nice if we could do it. I think it's almost impossible. No, I think we can. What do you mean it's not, it's not impossible at all? I'm done. Hey, I can stop right now. Let's end it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck these people. I'm done. Are you done or not? I, what? I have one thing I should play. Well, then let me. Well, we have birthdays. Maybe we should not do that. Birthdays, knighthoods. I mean, you're really pissing me off with this this information. Why? Why, why well, this? it's not it's not you specifically, but I'm very upset about this. Obviously, you should be. Yeah. I, well, I, I, that doesn't mean to take it out on this on the group here that actually contributed. We're not bitching about <laughs> them. We're not bitching about Sir Gear or Melanson no, no, in no, Tigard. No. no. All right. We're well, the, about, I mean, that's the problem. We have all these great knights that keep coming in. And they keep supporting us, and then we have all these, you know, hangers on that like the show, but they, you know, they complain. We had one guy send a nasty note in on the because uh, when I get when we send a mailing out, we get uh, people unsubscribe. It's always about the same number, 
And one guy says, well, you know, and I eat, unfortunately, the way it works, I mean, I have all this record. So this guy has been opening the mailing and then he's bitching about this last mailing because there was no anything interesting. And so he just unsubscribes and his whole history has been like with the show for like three years and his total donations were at five bucks total. And he's complaining <laughs> for three years, five this. bucks for three years total. Yeah. Yeah. One time donation of five bucks, which I, we have nothing against people donating five bucks. And we would encourage everyone to donate what they can or empty their PayPal account or whatever. But I don't think it gives you a $5 donation over a year's period gives you the right to start bitching uh, the way this guy did. And it just it was incredibly annoying, which I think is what triggered my, my kind of anger here, which is like it's like the chat room. How many of these guys in the chat room contributed to the show at all? All they do is go in there and kvetch. There's a number. There's, a, there's quite a number. Yeah, well, the Bitcoin people aren't. <laughs> and now we get Bitcoin deal to deal with, which we no, we're not going to deal with that. Complete waste of time. Am I no. pulling it from the? No, uh, pull it right off. Pull it off. No, there's like there's pull it no, no, pull it off. Well, um, here's here's my uh, this is my ultimate fear. And I'll just tell you, I'll just put it out there. My ultimate fear, and we've seen the the minute the new year hit, it's like that was like our peak. It's like that's when everything – am I correct? That's kind of when it really collapsed. Yeah, no, we did a great December, and the January was not only mediocre but consistently mediocre in a funny way. This has never happened before, by the way. I have been tracking this because I do all the tracking. For five years, six years almost, yeah. Yeah, and it used to, it used to go like, oh, you have a bad uh, bad show in terms of people showing any interest in, in helping. And then it, then it makes up for it the next week. The next show, it goes way up. Well, so, hold on. So it was an up and down thing. This is consistently, consistently mediocre. Just time, you know, half a number of people. And I think part of it may be due to the fact that people are so backed up on the show because it's, you know, six hours or plus instead of five, which is an hour. It doesn't seem like you could get that backed up. But, you know, I have to listen to the whole well, show. Well, okay, here, here, here is the bottom line is the following. Uh, <clears throat> I'm getting worked up. Uh, it is the the, um, the the percentage of people who listen to the show and actually contribute is too small. That's the problem. It is it's one percent, one percent of the people who listen to the show. And and if everyone if everyone if one hundred percent all contributed a dollar a month. We would not even have this conversation at all. We wouldn't have to do a donation segment. We right. Could, we could be, I mean, we're doing the, I mean, this is, seriously, I mean, why even do a donation segment? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, it's interesting, I just see the chat room like, I wanted to give $500, but they wouldn't even respond to my emails. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. What uh, emails? Whoa, I got to calm down. It's bull crap anyway. I got to calm down. People who say that are full of it. I got to calm down. I'm going to. It's like, you know, oh, I would do this and that. Well, if you did this and I'd do that. If you do this, I'd do that. That's not the way it works. No. We do the show. That's it. And you want to donate? You you could. It's not just. We're not forcing anybody to donate. You can do whatever you want. You can listen to Hang On. It's fine. I. It, what's bothersome is guys like that guy you just said right there. The guys who are trying to lord it over us, like they're as if they were advertisers trying to lord it over us, or the guys who bitched to me uh, on the on the uh, Mailchimp program because it's like there's no content in this last newsletter, so I quit it. 
even though we do have content in the newsletters on it, you know, it's not everyone. Most of the time when we're not getting enough income, we have to promote getting more income in the newsletter. That's what we do. But to, to, to think that you're an advertiser that can lord it over a show that's an independent thought process is crazy. And I don't know what email this guy's talking about. It's probably bull crap. It's all right. I'm, I am now, I'm getting out of the chat. Fuck you, chat room. Fuck you. Fuck everybody. I'm sick and tired of this shit. I'm really sick and tired. Don't donate. Devorak. Fuck off. Dot org slash N. I'll go find something better to do with my time. Troy Sprague congratulates himself. He is celebrating today. John Haller uh, turns 69 on the 12th. Good to have him aboard as a producer on the No Agenda program. Sam Coon. Coon. Uh... Let's see, it says Sam's husband. Did we say that right? Uh, was this Sam for Sam's JC? Ashley? Yeah, it was Ashley, I think. Ashley says happy birthday to her husband, Sam. He turns 33. Megan Trotsky congratulates dad, David Trotsky, turned 44 on the, oh, today. And Jay Cotacini says happy birthday to Mike. He turns 31 tomorrow. Happy birthday from your friends here at the No Agenda Show. And we'll go right into it. Philip Meason, step forward, please, sir, as we have our blades at the ready. Thank you for being one of the 1% donating to the best podcast in the universe, and therefore, we are very proud to make you a Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. So I hereby pronounce the... Uh, <laughs> there you go. Sir Philip, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable for you, Sir Herkus and Blow, Red Boys and Chardonnay, Hot Pants and Booze, Wenches and Beer, and oh, I'm sorry. That's all we have. It's sequestration. You left it out. Sequestration. Sorry, that's all we have. So anyway, we'll work on this problem and figure it out. No, no, so, no. We're not. We're not going to work on the problem. Is I'm going to work on finding other sources of income, and I'm I, I'm very emotional about this. I'm very emotional about so it. So you don't think I'm, I should bring this up? Because no, it's no, gonna, no. I think you should. But I'm about to do a speech uh, on Saturday at South by Southwest where I'm talking about the great value for value model, which apparently is now fucking failing. Well. Or maybe just cancel the speech. Oh, and by the way, I'm so happy to be there. It sucks. It doesn't work. People won't contribute. <laughs> One percent. You can give that speech. It, it's interesting. It's the everyone bitches about the one percent. The richest one percent are douchebags. Well, that's correct. The one percent is all that is donating. The rest of the douchebags. It's the ninety nine percent. The leechers. The chat room whores. Thank you, people who support our program. Support it. Thank you very much. But you know, if if we're actually on the downswing, which is what you're telling me, we should just be doing a private podcast for them. Thank you. How about that? That's a good idea. I mean, it just I mean, maybe we need to uh, we need to rethink our model. Some we got to rethink it cuz it's not working. It's just not working. And the amount of abuse and bullshit we have to deal with is not worth it. We put ourselves out there, people call us names, tell us we're full of crap, we don't know what we're talking about. And of course, when we're right about stuff, you know, very few are jumping up and down, but it's okay. 
I think that we change your life. I think that we help you get through your commute. I believe that we give you better entertainment than anything you can find in the mainstream. You're probably paying between $100 and $200 a month for your stupid cable and more and other dumb shit you don't need. But okay. And then just give us the abuse. People who support the show, thank you very much. I think it's a great idea, John. How many people is it in total? How many is it? The 1%. How many people actually support the show? 4,000 maybe? Is that the number? That's about right. Four to five. So why don't we just do a private podcast for those 4,000? I think that's the right way to go. They yeah, all- it wouldn't be. Why not? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't help getting new people, but. I don't care that no one seems to give a shit about us. I have I have a stack of stuff that I've that I've that I've worked on. A stack. I've got a whole thing about steer Syria. I've got space wars. I've got the war on weed. I've got elites. I've got Gitmo Nation. I've got some on bullying. I've got some on banksters. None of it is gonna be played today, because we're stopping. What's your last clip so we can end this? Well, we can do a teaser here. This would be good for the next show, which is here is this arm. They, they they had a bunch of hearings, and now about the sequester with the with the military, they finally given up on having the chief of staffs guy. They just they get bailed out, and they left it up to the second rate guys to come in. So and- hold on a second. I'm also stopping the stream. I'm stopping the stream. I'm just we'll just continue like this. They don't need a stream. Fuck them. So they they try to <laughs> they try to get a uh, the second rate guys in and. I just got the biggest kick out of this army guy, the representative from the army, complaining about uh, Iran and pronouncing it wrong. Oh, and, oh then, uh, he, then he's not on the inside if he's saying. Yeah, but just listen to this little thing of the, all this list of all these little things going on supposedly. Iran remains the single most significant regional threat to stability and prosperity. Reckless behavior and bellicose rhetoric characterize a leadership that cannot win the affection of its own people or the respect of any responsible nation in the region. Iran's continued support to the murderous Assad regime in Syria, coupled with its malign activities in Iraq, Afghanistan, Lebanon, Bahrain, Yemen, and (laughs) Gaza, and globally in Sudan, Turkey, Azerbaijan, Thailand, India, Georgia, Bulgaria, Nigeria, and even here in Washington, (laughs) D.C., in an attempt to kill the Saudi ambassador and elsewhere in the world. (laughs) And there's other places I haven't mentioned. Where else is there? (laughs) So I have a whole thing on the Golan Heights, on the U.N. uh, convoy that's been hijacked by by the so-called Free Syrian Army, the U.K. sending in armored tanks, the whole thing that's going on. But we're not going to do that today because I'm ending the show. We're stopping it right here. I'm done. And uh, support us, and then we'll see if we do it on Sunday. I have better things to do with my life. What? I said I'm kind of interested in your theory. About Syria? Yeah. Well, you can hear that on Sunday. Uh, okay. You can well, hear it on Sunday. What? I got a couple of things, too, that I've left out here. Yeah, but, you know, we're cutting it off. It's, what, what is all right? So this puts... 239. Us at, uh, we're 239. We're way too long. We're 239. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, we're done. It's 239. It's, that's already nine minutes too long. And, I, I, and, so, we'll, and we'll see how I feel on Sunday after my Saturday speech. I'll be, oh, yeah, it works so well. Okay, well, sign off, my friend. I don't even... I have to go get my pass today. I don't even feel like getting that. 
<sighs> All right. Go get your pass. Coming to you from uh, Austin, Texas in the morning. I'll talk to you on Sunday. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak, and I'll talk to you on Sunday.